2: Yes, yes, welcome into the Tim McKernan Show. Questions from the audience from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Timothy Michael McKernan and Action Jackson recording this on March 16th, 2021. Action Jackson, what's a good word?
0: Oh, you know, just uh, living every day, enjoying life, taking every day, one day at a time. Any Any cliche you can think of, I got it.
2: I, I, I want to give the audience some background here. Action Jackson and I, uh, number one, uh, we had the Mike Clayborn interview last week, so we didn't have a QFTA, so loaded for bear this week. But number two, we get on the, uh, the Comrex communication on which uh, we speak, Jackson back in the studios in Kirkwood and me uh, down in Jupiter, and... Jackson's Dobber sounded down to me, <laughs> which I've never heard. I've never heard. Not once. Now, granted, it's not like you've been working with me for ten years, but it's, you know, four months or so. Am I right? Is that right? Four months?
0: Yeah. Yep.
2: And I was like, Oh, wow. What's the problem? And you said there's really everything's good. You just you just you keep losing money in NBA DraftKings. Yeah, that's a
0: shame. And I'm nervous. And it about makes
2: Oklahoma. me feel good. That that is the only issue in your life because I was thinking, oh man, something's up, and I'm gonna have to talk this gentleman. I'm gonna have to talk him through it. You know, whatever it is, we'll get through it, Jax. We'll get through it, baby. We'll yeah, oh, it, I know. But, Trust me. It's also but,
0: I can't find a phone charger that actually works with my phone. I just spent- now see that would
2: bother me. That right? That the NBA draft. I'm so used to losing money on <laughs> DraftKings that it, it doesn't faze me, but the the phone charger that would tilt me
0: yeah because it's you know how it's it works but you have to angle it a certain angle i mean i'm like using my airpods to prop it up to get it at the right angle has to stay there oh i know i'm gonna have to get a new phone pain in my ass
2: what kind of phone you have
0: iphone 8 i really like it because it still has the home button i like the home button
2: yeah, I had to make the switch here, uh, I guess, about a year ago, sans home button. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's one of those yeah. things that, like, after three times, you're used to it. You don't yeah, think of exactly. anything of it. Yeah. And, and that's the, the quality of the, whatever the hell it is that I have versus the 8. My friend's making fun of me for the fact that I had the 8. Mm. Uh, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's an upgrade. You'll be happy with that. So yeah. the charger thing will be in the past. Well, this makes me happy that you are not in a bad place. No. I guess it would be A-OK content if you were. Mm -hmm. I was going to text you and say, hey, is there anything on your mind you really want to get? Because, you know, I just read what the people send in, and that's great. But if there's something you really want to get off your chest, get fired up about, I don't know, you got Missouri basketball on Saturday, you know, I mean, you'll probably be emotionally leveraged on that, which Mm. we both went to school there. I just don't have the same emotional at this moment. Maybe I, I will be fascinated. We're talking on Tuesday, the 16th. Theoretically, and I would put oh God, I'll go four percent arbitrary percentage first. Arbitrary percentage hit four percent that Missouri is still alive in the NCAA tournament this time next week. That means they will have had to beat Oklahoma and most likely Gonzaga. <laughs> Jackson, do you go above or below four percent?
0: I'll go above to five percent just nice. for just to so prices right. Yeah, just to say that I. I put more faith in you the have Tigers have than Tim, but yeah, Absolutely. I think they could beat Oklahoma. That's you know Oklahoma. Well, I mean,
2: I hope they're a two-point underdog. Yeah, the Gonzaga thing is a whole other world.
0: gonzagas sick. I'd love
2: to see it, and I and, and so I'd love to see it to see if that would. G- I it, yeah, I mean, I can pick if Missouri's playing on Monday night against the undefeated number one team in the country, number one seed in the tournament. I'll be into it. Yeah. I, I know I'll be into it. I, I also, it also will be kind of the best way to watch an event because mm-hmm. it's like when Missouri plays Alabama in football. Yeah. You're kind of like, okay, well, if it could work, great. But, you know, you're free rolling. You're yeah. You're not expecting anything. So if it happens, great. And I would imagine it would be Monday night. I would imagine. Um, yeah and so most of the country would be watching if Missouri can hang with them. BYU kind of hung with them for a bit, you know, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and everybody started paying attention, and then they came back and won. So, you know, that would be a great thing for the program, so it would be wonderful. I just am not where I was years ago with the NCAA tournament. Doug blames it on age, but I just don't think that that's the case. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I just, I, I just think it's, it's, it's a lack of interest in college basketball across the board. I, so I don't know. I but but maybe it's because for about a decade we've had nothing but blah teams. Yeah, part if of you're it. a Missouri fan. hmm Yeah, if
0: we were, you know, in you know Durham, if North you're an Carolina. Spot, yeah.
2: You know. Well, exactly. I mean, but even Illinois like this year. Like, if you haven't been an Illinois, Illinois, Illinois fan for, I don't know, in the last time they were legitimately good. I mean, I realize two thousand five, but. Uh, you know, it's a different different situation. Like if Missouri were a number one seed, I just can't, I, w- I want to be emotionally hurt by a Missouri loss, because that would mean I care. I don't want to be hurt, but that means I would care. Yeah. But I just don't care. And I'm kind of anxious to see if I care when the Cardinals season rolls around again.
0: Yeah, Cause, that'll be interesting.
2: Because I'm just not, I, I, as of this moment, I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, but I know I do get invested in and I don't know if it's because I'm not chasing the high of my team winning so much as I have my own teams. It's just these million different DraftKings teams. And so that's where my sports attention is gone. I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm really trying to psychoanalyze it. Hey, look, it's another homework assignment for the audience in QFTA. Have you found your interest in sports declining, let's say it's 2021, since 2016, and then since 2011? And for me, the answer would be, Absolutely. I don't know if I was emotionally traumatized by the Rams thing. I don't know. I don't know if, like, the Holy Grail was the Blues winning the Stanley Cup for a St. Louis area sports fan in the realm of reality because Missouri winning a college football national championship is, I mean, yes, it's possible, but it's, you know, it's not something like – like the you'd feel like the Blues would win a Stanley Cup, but it was can I beat the clock? In other words, can I live to make to see it? Because inevitably it's going to happen. I don't know if Missouri can win a national championship in college yeah, football. that's going to be. You tough. know what I mean? Uh, Even like, though twice since 2007 they were a win away from playing for it, in both cases I think they could have won it. Mm-hmm. But you know I don't I don't know if if it's, if it's realistic. And I think Missouri could win a national championship of college basketball. I know that seems like we're a long ways away from that, but I I think that one's possible. Definitely. But the Blues winning the Stanley Cup, and maybe that, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with it. I don't know. I don't know. It's now I have a son, and I'm not, I I don't know. I don't know. don't know. I'm trying, because you go, well. you're in this business. But I was in the business starting in 1998, and I was, if anything, I was emotionally attached while I was covering games, which was really messed up. So I'm trying to understand it. Now you, at 23 years old, do you see a decline in your interest or do you see your your interest only intensifying?
0: So it kind of depends on the the sport. With basketball, I mean, basketball is in my bloodline. Like my dad was a coach. My brother coached me for a while and played. Like Basketball is such an important part of my life. So when it comes to that, it's intensified always just because I – but I, like even when I'm screaming at the TV because I'm mad about a call, it makes me feel alive. Like I get that adrenaline rush of, of caring about something so much that would legitimately raise my voice. So I enjoy that part of it. Uh, when it comes to baseball, it's definitely declined since I was like in middle school in like 2011, but it can easily go right back up. Like even in the playoffs two years ago against the Nationals, and the Braves, I was fired up. I was definitely. I was fun.
2: too, and I was surprised by how fired up I got. Yeah, when exactly. So I was. Molina fired got up. that hit over Freeman's glove in yep. Game Four, and I was kind of sitting right where the ball went, and I was super fired up. And I'm like, "Wow, that wasn't. I wasn't expecting to react like that. What the hell just mm-hmm. happened?"
0: Yeah. So it it when I can surprise myself as well when it comes to uh, my interest in baseball, depending on what's going on. Uh, football is couldn't be lower. College football, I love watching Mizzou football. That's awesome. NFL, I, I don't care at all. Not after the Rams ripped my heart out. So, uh, yeah. and hockey, I I mean, I enjoyed the, uh, the the run in 2019. It was awesome. But I, I don't think I could tell you the last time I watched a regular season hockey game.
2: Yeah, that's never. That's that. For me, that's just never. it's just never. I guess in two thousand nine, when the Blues hadn't made the playoffs since two thousand four, and they were making a run, then I cared because it was a matter of are you in or are you not. But otherwise, I just can't get into it. And I'm and I'm certainly in that spot now with regular season baseball. And I don't. And I I'd really liked. I'm like looking for an answer as to why. And I just and I get if somebody were to say, oh, well, you know, as you get older, it becomes less important. And I understand that, but what I'm saying is college football, and it's not like Missouri's really been, as far as the championship picture goes, relevant in eight years. Um, so that's not the reason. I watch college football, even if I don't even have an investment in it, DraftKings or betting on it. I'll watch the NFL. That's 100% DraftKings, though. I have no mm-hmm. interest in who wins. Couldn't care any less. I don't even know who won the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> the Chiefs lost to what? The Buccaneers, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it was a month and a half ago. I don't even remember. I don't care. Um Golf, I like to watch. Some of that's DraftKings. I just like to watch it, though. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm trying to. F- I'm trying to figure it out. I think the baseball thing is the one that I would really like to kind of deep dive into, because that was forever my absolute love, and I would watch regular season games, and it just. I just don't have it anymore, and I don't know what the hell happened, and I don't know if it's because the game changed. I don't know i'm i'm really trying to figure that out i think i will have i think i will have a rebirth but it won't be because of my interest it'll be because of my son's interest so that i think is what's going to happen so it won't really be a true test to me coming back to whatever sport because whatever my son winds up getting into i imagine that's what what i'll get into so i like it we took him to the Cardinals and Nationals spring training game yesterday, and he doesn't know what the hell's going on, doesn't care. He's obsessed with Yadier or Molina, hmm. obsessed with Adam Wainwright, um, but he doesn't know what's going on. He gets these big buckets of popcorn, and that's, you know, then he just acts <laughs> like an idiot. Uh, so that's that, I mean, he's three. What else is yeah, he going to do? Exactly. So once he's into whatever it is that he would be into, if he is into sports, then then I would imagine that's the team. My guess is he's probably going to wind up like being like most. Kids now, and I'm talking kids like single digit and teens, early teens, and that's he's going to be watching the Premier League on Saturday and Sunday morning. That's what I think is going to wind up happening. Yeah. That seems like that's the direction it's all going. Yeah, they are the NBA. Yeah. I mean, I'm I, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he goes out on the golf course with me, hits the shit out of the golf ball. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I want to make it clear, it's not like I'm Earl Woodsing it. I just like <laughs> taking him out there because I like to give my wife some time. And mm-hmm. I just go out there like last night. I go out there, at like, you know, we go to the Cardinal game, then we go to the golf course, and I just practice. And then we go out on the course, and I'll play a few holes. And most of the time, he's just in the cart screwing around. But then he says, I want to hit something. I'm like, all right, sounds good. And he's hitting, you know, I couldn't. The, to me, the biggest thing when you're going from not playing to playing is hitting a ball without a tee. Yeah. Am I right on that? I know you got to take yourself back because you actually played growing up. I didn't. Uh-huh. But that was like, to me anyway, psychologically, that was the big thing. Hitting it off the tee, not that anybody can do it, but it seems like it's, you know... Well, the mar- it's
0: easier. the margin of error is decreased because it's got to be, yeah,
2: because if you to make contact, to yeah, make, to actually make, it might go dead right or yeah, you, or you can clean pick it. it off a tee. If right. you clean
0: pick it off the ground, it's got to
2: go, you know, so yeah, so skull. he's, he, I got him these. I, we to I, the things we got. This is this is kind of a parent thing here, Jackson. So you can completely tune out and see what's <laughs> doing on Instagram. Um, I, I went up to um, last year in Florida to play with Adam Long's father. Gordon Long, great guy who I play with a few times when I'm down here, and um, and we go to to the range and this kid's hitting balls and he's he's only like six months older than my son, and I'm like, what kind? Where do you get clubs at that age? I mean, he's three, and then he goes, oh, the littlestgolfer.com, and I got him, and they're like these green neon shafts. They're super light, so kids can swing them, and he would hit it, but you're hitting foam balls. And so that's what I had him with here all the way up until, I don't know, a few weeks ago. And this lady comes up to me on the range, this older lady, and she goes, he's really got a nice swing for being how old is he? I said, he's three. She goes, well, you need to get him U.S. golfer clubs. And I go, what the hell are U.S. golf? They're kids clubs. Go up to this place. And I'm like, all right. So I got, so I got him these, and he can actually swing them. The lowest age is three. And so he'll go out there, and he swings, but he's hitting it. Now, most of the time, he wants to hit a driver off the, off the tee, but he can hit irons off the ground, and or an ant iron. It's so not like he's got a set. His, you <laughs> know, it's like one seven iron. Yeah. God only knows what it, the degrees are. But uh, he loves doing it. Just and he, he'll hit it from 250 yards out, and it probably takes 40 strokes. But he'll get it up to the green, and he just likes doing it. I'm like, God bless America. The greatest thing about it is I'm out there with my son, and it's basically you know I mean at this point now with it being later, you know it's 6:30. And you can stay out, and Mm -hmm. I'm playing golf with my son, and it's the greatest thing in the world. If he winds up enjoying it, sweet. If he doesn't, I'm not looking. I just, I'm so conscious of not being that parent. You know what I mean? Oh, it's crucial. Yeah. I just, I, I have kids. If he has no interest in any sport, then great. If he does, then great, whatever the case might be. Um, but he happens to like to do it but it's it's sporadic it's you know you know of of the nine holes it seems like when we get to number 9 that's the one when he likes to when he likes to get out and hit it for whatever reason i guess that hole in particular makes him think okay this is where i'm going to hit it and i love that but i just love being with him that's the thing that i love so my guess is what will wind up happening is over the next few years whenever he starts drawing you know, interest in certain teams, that's when I will come back to sports, but it won't because of be of my own interest. It'll be because of whatever team he's interested in. But specific to what I know you are interested in this week, which is Missouri and the NCAA tournament, and I suppose the NCAA tournament as a whole, I don't even bother filling out a bracket anymore. I have no interest in taking the time to fill out a bracket. None. And I think on that, and I introduced to this theory on the radio show yesterday, I really do think there's something to this. Now, this is me specifically, but maybe as I'm saying it, this will relate to some other people. I think with daily fantasy sports, the same chemical triggered in one's brain, and I'm just going to call it dopamine, I don't know if that's right or not, um, that you get from the rush of having you know, picked a 13 seed against a four, and your $20 bracket is hinging on it uh, on Thursday afternoon, and you would get that, you know, what, maybe four times a year, all in a matter of Thursday and Friday in the NCAA tournament, Mm -hmm. now you can get it like every other minute if you're playing daily fantasy sports. I think there's something to that. Now, I could be wrong. That's why I'm asking people where they are on this. Like, like t- taking Missouri, Illinois, and St. Louis U out of it. Are you less interested in the NCAA tournament than you were 10 years ago? So that, t- so that takes Missouri's success or lack thereof out of it. That takes Illinois being a one seed out of it. Although, if you're an Illinois fan this year, you're interested in the tournament because you're like, oh, man, maybe that means we're going to wind up playing, you know, whomever. So it's a different deal. But th- that's the thing. And I-, and I wonder if that contributes it to it because that used to be a thing like thursday and friday of the ncaa tournament this year i realized the the first round real first round isn't starting till friday and in in you at 23 you can't you can't go back to like those quinn snyder years where the teams were you know frustrate the hell out of you in the regular season but then you know they would i think every year at least in 2001 two and three and i don't know about 2004 what the hell happened But 2001, and 3, they won in the first round, and then they would lose to a, you know, they lost to Duke, who won the national championship in 2001 in the second round. I was at that game. They went to the Elite Eight in 2002, was at that game. And they lost to Dwayne Wade and Marquette Marquette. in the second round in overtime in 2003. So they'd kind of frustrate you in the regular season, but Mm -hmm. then uh, then they would make runs, and then you had the 2009 team. Which made it the Elite Eight as well. So I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to figure out the NCAA tournament thing because it is something that I used to love, and now I'm like, oh, college basketball story, and I just flip the station. I just am so just disinterested in it, and I want to come back to it because I enjoyed it, but I just don't know if it'll ever happen. So anyway, we just talk sports. I don't know why, but I did because Jackson's interested. Yep. You're interested, oh yeah i, I what I, would it I, mean to you if Missouri got through the first round and then beat Gonzaga where would that rank on your experiences as a sports fan?
0: Oh, uh, that would just be yeah, that would be that would be top top three top what else is in
2: that top, top three
0: uh you'd have to say game six of the twenty eleven world Series, and then I would put. Missouri beating Oklahoma in 2000 and what would that be? 2010. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was super. That was a great one. That no, was that's, super that's awesome. Can... Uh, but what I will tell you about the Missouri Tigers this year is every good team that they've played, like really good team, like top four seeds right now in the NCAA tournament, that they've played this year, they've beat at least once. You got Illinois, Tennessee, they split them, but they beat them once. Alabama and Arkansas. Uh, lost two to the Arkansas, but beat them once. So they play down to their competition. We all, we've seen that with the Ole Miss and the uh, and the Mississippi State, but they can also play right up to their competition. So
2: I got here. Here's my th- let me ask you this. Cause I'm uh, asking because this is not this is a thing. Something of course I could Google, but yeah, uh, I'll just ask. When's the last time they did that? When was the like, last? When's their when's their last like win of that caliber? Alabama. And so, that was more than a month ago, right? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, they're not hot. Right. They're not
2: hot. <laughs> right. they're and not then, hot. Then to me, that's the. I, and, I, and I just. So that's the thing. You can kind of get a. The teams don't flip switches. No. Fans like to talk about teams flipping switches when the team was really good earlier in the year, and then they're stumbling into the postseason. And this is this is across the board, by the way. This isn't limited to. This isn't limited to college basketball. So in 2019 with the Blues, for example, it felt different. And we were saying that on the air before it even happened mm-hmm. because they were playing so damn well. And they were playing so damn well for really like four months going into the Winnipeg series. Um, the Cardinals in 2011 yeah. you know, mm-hmm. were a Red wild card team, but they were like, they're hotter than hell. The Red Sox in 2004 to take it on the other side of things when you're on the receiving end of it. Uh, the Nationals in 2019, even though I don't think people were as emotionally invested in that, Once they had come back from what that was it a Brewers thing? I think the Brewers blew it. Yeah. Uh, They were just they were on a run and you just couldn't stop them. Granted, the Cardinal offense wasn't great, but uh, there's just something. And I just so therefore listen, it's college basketball. It's one game. It would be wonderful. I would love it. I would love it if it got my interest back in it. I would love just to be able to. I'd love just to be able to have a chance to see it. You want to see your alma mater play the best. Yeah. So I hope it gets there. Um, I'm just kind of picturing my Saturday and I'm like, I think I'll probably go over to the Honda classic. I'll probably get intoxicated and I'll be like, oh yeah, Missouri's playing. Let's watch it. And I'll, you know, you know, but I won't be what I used to be where I like my mood would hinge on whether or not they would win the NCAA tournament game mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to figure out why that is I just really I'm trying to figure that out so anyway email in if you have any theories team McKernan inside stl. com. hey here are the sponsors of the podcast Mark Ryan Kelly the home loan expert.com Mark Hanna evergreen wealth strategies Seth Gold design air heating and cooling online at design air service.com Munganest Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson uh, St. LouisAcura.com, AltonToyota.com, Jim Rogers Restoration, oneofCentralStLouis.com, and his new company, American Environmental, and James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. James is my insurance agent. I'm looking here right now. Renew. They just take care of everything. My uh, my car insurance, and it's more than man. It's more than a month and a half away. Almost a month and a half exactly. May first. Um, And it's already taken care of, and they're just on top of everything, and it's so nice, and it's so easy, and it's so important, but we usually just have our insurance person be somebody we know or a friend of the family or somebody we went to college with who we kind of knew and then took the initiative to send an email, and you're like, okay, fine, I don't want to say no to him or her, And, and there you go, there's your insurance. Well, that's not the way that it's supposed to be. This is an important move for you make the switch to the best. James Carlton, Webster Grove State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. And I mentioned Jim Rogers of Restoration One. Uh, He now has uh, also bought American Environmental. When you think of air quality, you likely think of outdoor pollution. Most people aren't aware that the quality of air in your home has a much greater effect on you than outdoor pollutants. On average, a person spends 12 hours a day in their home, and with the pandemic, that number has increased significantly. The air in your home could have mold, dust, pet dander, elevated levels of radon, or even carbon monoxide levels that are invisible and odorless. Air goes in our lungs, and air goes out of our lungs. Ah, yes, air. The significance of good air quality is more important than you think when it comes to overall health. Call American Environmental if you have any questions pertaining to the air you're breathing in your home. That's Jim Rogers, 314-664-2800, expertise in indoor air quality testing for over 25 years, 314-664-2800, Jim Rogers, Restoration 1. And what are the Munganass deals for the month of March? I love that. I uh, Clayton Patterson of Munganass was uh, in Jupiter this past weekend. I played golf with him. Um, and uh, we were talking about the relationship with the radio show and the podcast and MunganassStLewisAcura.com and all the other. And he was telling me not only the number of cars our show has moved, which is, when it gets down to it is, that's it. That's it. We, you can talk, oh, you got great guests. Oh, the show's funny. Oh, Iggy's hilarious. Doug's the quickest mind ever. Uh, Tim Tim is, the, is, is, is just, is, is, I mean, what adjectives, Jackson? Uh, Beautiful. Yeah. Tall. Oozes his um, greatness. Yeah, thank you. I mean, really, when it gets down to it, it's the noun greatness. But all of those things don't mean a thing if we aren't mobilizing the audience to do business with our sponsors. That's it. That's it. That is the business. We're on the radio. You should go to the blues game. No, actually, that's not what I should do. I'll tell you what my job is. My job is to mobilize an audience to support a business. And then if I've done that, I've actually done my job. Now, I know that cuts cuts through everything and all the idealism of it. But in reality, at the University of Missouri Journalism School, that should have been taught on the first day. That's because that's the game. That's the game. And you, the audience, are supporting the sponsors. Munganast is doing their part because they're going out of their way to make sure that there are specific deals at their dealerships for the audience, like this one, at stlouisacura.com. Up to $10,000 off of 2020 MDX. Are you kidding me? Hey, Jamie Burkhardt, why didn't you tell me about that before I got my car? My goodness. And then at AltonToyota.com, 2021 Highlander, over $5,000 off. What in the world's going on here? We're giving away cars. But you know what? Great. Because you're now doing business with sponsors, and you, the audience, are getting wonderful deals. Plus, they have a service special. Bring any car in and ask for the TMA special or the Tim McKernan Show podcast special at stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com, and you get 15% off all work. It doesn't matter what it is. Tires, batteries, wipers, anything and everything all makes Plus, they have loaner vehicles available. And then if you're looking for a car and you're looking for a pre-owned car, they have more than 200 available online. AltonToyota.com. You can just go through them there. StLouisAcura.com. It's Munganest, another wonderful sponsor of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, email me, insidestl.com. That's what the name of the game is, man. That's what it is. I'm just telling you. That's what it's all about. Action Jackson, I am excited because we have some wonderful questions. And, um, and I think we have an erotic story. You know what? I'm just going to lead with the erotic story. Let's do it. Because just on the off chance, I wind up going six hours with one of these questions. This way, I don't disappoint the audience. But I got to be honest with you. It was sent in maybe like an hour and a half ago, and I don't follow it. So you're going to have to pay extra close attention here because you're going to have to diagram this like a sentence for me.
0: All right. I'm locked in.
2: All right. Tim, I'm in an awkward situation, and I don't really know how to handle it. Back in my early 20s, a friend set me up with her college roommate. I really do feel like i got to write this down to follow (laughs) because there's so many parties involved. Back in my early 20s, a friend set me up with her college roommate, but that ended, and we ended up sleeping together one night after the club. All right, so this guy who's emailing in slept with a friend's roommate. Okay. All right. So it was one-night deal Mm -hmm. following it. Fast forward 20 years. I'm not proud of this, But I ended up cheating on my now ex-wife with her twice. So I guess this college roommate girl. Yes. Twice. Once at her place and once in my apartment. The night we had sex at her place, I tried to set up a three-way with her and a friend of hers. Okay. I'm following. Still there. That was nixed because my friend wanted me for herself, no big deal. See, that's what threw me off. So who is my friend? My friend. Is it the girl from college?
0: It would have to be because... Okay. Okay, yeah. All Unless right. she meant her friend wanted her for herself. That's,
2: that was next because my friend wanted me, now wanted me for herself, no big deal. Well, the girl I tried to set up the three-way with now lives across the hall from me. And during the housewarming party... She remembered the night I tried to get with her. So that's been pretty awkward. But a couple of weeks ago, a mutual friend of theirs and I kind of got it on, but stopped short of sex, and that hasn't ended so well. So I called the apartment across from me, the hen house. Well, the hen house is full of all three of them all the time, and when the weather finally warms up, we're all going to be on top of each other in the common area. I can't move for a while due to the divorce, so how do I defuse the situation? It's already kind of stressed as it is, and I just don't want major drama. Thanks. Please don't use my name.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet you don't want your name out there. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, I was surprised he didn't know his name out there. <laughs>
0: okay, I follow that. I, I think You I'm, did?
2: Yeah. I was, and then at the end, I felt like it was Matheny in Game 5 of the <laughs> 2014 NLCS, and I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah. Where's Michael Walker? There's there's Michael Walker on the mound and Yadier Molina's in center field and it's just <laughs> clearly gotten away from me.
1: Yeah. Um, I have
2: no idea. So at the end, I have no idea. So there's three women living across from him. I, I followed two of them, I think. I don't know who the third is and they're all apparently just going to fuck in a common area. All right, so here's how I interpret it. Okay, because I really want to know what's going on and where this apartment complex so I'm going to take is.
0: it back from the beginning. He, a friend's roommate... He had sex with in college. Fast forward mm-hmm. 20 years. Him and his wife are now divorced. I'm not sure if the roommate's friend from college or friend's roommate from college is the reason they broke up. That seems, you know, unimportant to the story here, but what they had sex twice.
2: Mhm mhm. Once at her place, once in my apartment. Now when they were at
0: her her place, right. Her roommate or friend, right he tried to set up a three-way with. Didn't work but out. The,
2: but the college roommate from 20 years earlier didn't want to do it because she just wanted the least popular um, MF.
0: Yes. yeah. The okay, very, I'm following unpopular. all of this.
2: I'm still there.
0: Yeah, me too. So then we go
2: now... The girl he tried to set the three-way way up with, so it's a different girl, lives now lives a, across the hall from me. Yes,
0: and... Uh, and... Oh, man, now I'm starting to lose my place. See, that's the thing.
2: I um, think this guy just made it up to fuck with us because he knew I'd read it. Yeah, I'm in a pretzel right now.
0: But uh, he, the roommate, or the friend of the... Oh, my God, my head hurts right now. Yeah, so that's the thing.
2: I only read it one time before reading it on the on the podcast, and I'm like, I'm just going to read it to Jackson and let him tell me what's going on.
0: All I know I is remember. all three girls mentioned. But
2: who are the, who's the third fucking girl? <laughs> who's the third? It's not his ex-wife, is it? That would be a whole thing.
0: I think that the girl he set
2: up oh, fuck. <laughs> the coll- is the college roommate there. The only one we know for this is like an SAT question. <laughs> the only one we know for sure is there is the one he tried to have the threesome yes. with.
0: And that that didn't go well because he tried hooking up with her again? I believe that's what I heard. He says it's awkward. And then the girl that, the original girl he slept with in college is she over there her? a lot she's over okay. there a lot i okay. i'm still confused about where, where the third girl yeah, came yeah the in. third girl <laughs> but either way it's going to be awkward the hen house is going to be all over him in the common area yeah I mean comes. so
2: that's what he's but then then he's like anyway it's awkward but when the weather warms up we're all going to fuck and i'm like <laughs> well i mean i feel like i'm missing a chapter in the book
0: and then he wants to move now i don't know
2: yeah, I mean that sounds like a whole thing. Well you definitely I, I mean, don't this is, this is a dream scenario. Yeah. Well you definitely don't
0: want to get a girlfriend for two reasons. One, you're gonna miss out on the opportunity to get back into the hen house, you know, become a fox in the hen house. <laughs> and you're also, if you do, those girls are gonna sabotage that relationship because they're yeah, gonna be oh, God, so yeah, close in proximity, it. it's only hell could break loose. So you're kinda of in this purgatory. Um, but I would just I would just weather the storm for the summer and see what happens. See if you can get you know readmittance into the
2: headhouse. Is I mean is it realistic? And I know we have I mean what ninety percent of the podcast listeners are, are, are women in their twenties. You would think yeah, yeah. The research I've done ninety one. Thank you. And I would imagine this, and I could be off on this. I'd like I'd listen. I'd I'd like everything to be like Reality Kings, but I, I know it's not. I would imagine it's just not really realistic for three women living together to occasionally when the mood strikes engage in lesbianism in the, (laughs) what should be most popular M F F F. I just don't think that's really the way that the world works. I'd like it to be the way the world works, but if I'm really trying to be honest with the audience, I don't think that that's really the way the world works. I think unfortunately, and here's my reasoning, I think unfortunately, A, it just doesn't happen, but B, if you want to play it out, if you live with each other, you're not just going to be like, everything's cool, we're roommates, and then all of the sudden, now we're engaging in coitus. I just don't think that that's the way that human humans interact. Am I right on that, or am I wrong on that, Jackson? No, you're I closer think, to the roommate world than I am.
0: Yeah, I think, I think females who are roommates act and live differently than men. Like, I think females, when they get dressed, they can get dressed in the living room, and everything's out and everything's fine. Whereas with guys, at least in my experience, we're not all just changing in the in the middle of the room. Yeah, I know. But,
2: but so, what, but but what that tells me is it's 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 it's, yeah. it's totally desexualized. Mm-hmm. You know yep. what I mean? Like yeah. if it were kind of sexual, you wouldn't be dressing just like it's no big deal. And so, I don't know. I, so, I mean, listen. I know that there isn't a soul listening to this podcast who would be able to speak to any of this. (laughs) Now, I know there's a guy who, like Iggy in the 90s on AOL chat rooms, is going to act like he's a (laughs) bi-female with three hot roommates living in Clayton, all making a quarter million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. I know that's going to happen, but as far as it really happening, I just don't know that that actually goes that way. But at the same time, I don't think that this guy is saying that they're going to have a foursome. No. I think he's just going to go through the hen house.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to definitely... I mean, at this point, he's pretty much either propositioned or had sex <laughs> with every single one of them in there. So what does he have? Even to though lose? we
2: still have no idea who the third one is. Yeah. <laughs> no clue. She would be the there's a third person there and he's going to bang her. And that's well just, all we know.
0: She's the Y variable in this, <laughs> yeah. in this equation.
2: Just no clue. I mean, I'm looking forward to next week's chapter to find out who the hell she is. Yeah, seriously. And there'll be
0: probably even more confusing because there'll probably be another thing that happened this week at the hen house. This, this is, this is interesting. This is like reality TV.
2: Yeah, this is a whole thing. And Hull I also Rose have place. to say, it it sounds like this guy and me are kind of in the same age range. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, he's, yeah,
2: He's got to be in his early 40s, yeah. it sounds like. And he's divorced, and so he's going through this whole thing. Doesn't sound like he's all that down about
0: it. Yeah, it seems pretty, <laughs> seems pretty, pretty jolly about his situation. Living in an apartment
2: complex, you know, and just like, just, you know, just, you know, whatever, just having a free-for-all. <laughs> um, so I'm anxious to hear, I'm anxious to hear what's going on. I don't really know why the weather warming up matters. <laughs> that's another It's another part of the story that I feel like there were a lot of things that were intended to be bright, shiny objects in the story <laughs> to distract us, and they worked. <laughs> yes, but the, the weather warming up, I mean, you know, yeah. you know I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I think it's 82 degrees out where I am right now. And it's not leading to orgies, no. so I don't know. I don't know why the weather warming up at this apartment complex is going to be an aphrodisiac. But I'd like an answer. But my biggest question is, who the fuck is this third person, and why are you going to sleep with her? And who why is, haven't
0: who, you yet? It's, yeah, it's, I
2: mean, yeah, and why do the do the colder temperatures impact this <laughs> this potential outing? But nonetheless, thank you for sending in the email. Wonderful erotica, as always. Hello, Tim and Jackson. Before my question, is it appropriate to keep sending in a question if it's not chosen on the show? Sure. the fuck doesn't matter. All you do is delete it. I mean, you know, if, if we're not going to read it, we just delete it. Uh, with the listener question to Zach Zane. Hold on a second here. Now i got to pay attention to this. With the listener question to Zach Zane. Oh, like when Dotem wrote into Zach Zane. Oh, okay. Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah with a listener question to Zach Zane a few months ago about kissing his (laughs) father-in-law quality (laughs) would that make the Mount Rushmore of TMA moments when listeners use TMA inside jokes outside the show Mm. I gotta go into the tank here
0: that's a good one
2: what are some other memorable moments when listeners use inside jokes to interact with other shows people writers or when TMA listeners infiltrate other things thanks that's from TW Uh, an obvious one was sent to me and I guess it was on social media but this gentleman DM'd it to me uh, during the players this past weekend when Bryson was uh, in his backswing, or not in his backswing, when he had just hit a ball, uh, and this guy waited like two seconds to get a clear free dotem in. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of those. I think actually the most, what, do you, what is the most, here I'm going to put you on the spot, Jackson. Yep. What is the most famous shot of the 2018 PGA Championship held at Belle Reve?
0: tiger overlooking the massive crowd uh on that little bridge
2: uh golf shot you're right as far as like uh, photo
0: tiger on nine yes
2: good yeah. job that's outstanding that's outstanding uh tiger on nine uh having to like whip it around yeah uphill, He's almost, you know, uphill. yeah well, people apparently doug was like standing right next to him when that happened well, anyway, on that shot, if you go to YouTube, you'll hear a free dotem. There's free dotems throughout <laughs> <Yeah>. the hillsides <laughs> of uh, Belle Reve. Uh, so you have a lot of that. The Bryson one was certainly recognizable. Um, I don't know if anybody is recognizable playing in the Honda this weekend for me to even attempt to do it, even if I wanted to do it. Um, so that, that, that's taking that out of play. So you have that. Uh, Tunnels, Zach Zane was outstanding. There's mm-hmm. got to be there uh, got. I feel like there's. I feel. Oh, when Dan McLaughlin wishes. Yeah. Uh, no, it, a, when he uh, runs into the Dotems out of Coors Field every year. That's a great one.
0: I have a. It's not as popular, but I like when they used to infiltrate Gabe's post post Mizzou game press conferences.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it were and it was so great <laughs> he would because because Gabe is so cantankerous and he always has been. And I have and it's one of the things. That's why if I'm gonna get on the phone. Which I rarely do, as you can attest to, uh-huh. with, with anybody from like, you know, years gone by. It's Gabe, just because there's no niceties. He just he's immediately motherfucking somebody (laughs) in some situation. And so therefore, somebody writing free Dotem over and over again in his (laughs) chats legitimately it doesn't piss him off. He's just like, fuck my career, (laughs) fuck what I'm doing with myself, fuck this, (laughs) fuck McKernan and his stupid shit show. (laughs) And it just you know like he was my producer, my first sports cast at KOMU Mm -hmm. and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't have been. I wish I had a video of it because I just, you know, I mean, just a total lack of self awareness. I, I wasn't even 20, I think I was 21. So I got you by a couple years now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, you know, I'm Craig Kilborn, Dan Patrick, and Keith Olbermann rolled into one because that was the era. It was the late 1990s and you had Sports Center. Yeah. But I took it to another level, not because it was brilliant, but I was just so fucking crass. I would be I would be canceled before I even got to my second story in 2021 based on the shit I did in my first sportscast in 1998 and didn't even think anything of I mean just didn't even think anything of it if somebody pulls that video I'll be done now I'll be issuing apologies <laughs> left and right and I'll be it won't matter you know they will take me out for my 1998 sportscast in September uh, I mean for real like they were kind of doing it then and nobody was really get, getting shit then but I remember getting done. And I mean, know, it's a, a wide variety of things. Because <laughs> Gabe produced the sports cast, and I remember we had U.S. Women's Open, U.S. Open Women's Tennis in there, and I'm like, "Why do we have to show this?" You know? Yeah. And he's like, "I don't know. We just, you know, I think it's on NBC. We're an NBC station. We got to just." I'm like, "You know, all I wanted to do." But you had the Sosa McGuire thing going at the time. Missouri that day beat the shit out of Kansas. Devin West ran for like 300 something yards. Like, why are we doing this? So, as my way to protest the fact that it was in the show, I bitched about the fact that it was in the show in my intro oh my on God. camera. <laughs> I mean, just an absolute. I mean, it's fucking lunatic when I look back on it. Uh, and we get done with it, and Gabe walks up to me and he goes. Well, that was interesting. I think we're probably <laughs> going to get some phone calls complaining about that, because there was no Twitter. Yeah. You know, Twitter, I would have just been destroyed. Yeah. Uh, but then, and sure enough, the general manager of the station was on hold waiting for me when I got off the set, Jeez. and I remember thinking it was a badge of honor. And He goes, oh, Tim, hey, Tom Gray here. I'm the GM of the station. I just want to let you know, we don't do that kind of crap here. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, thank you, Mr. Graham. like, oh, this is awesome. The GM had to call in because yeah. I'm picturing I'm fucking Howard Stern except of college television. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of nowhere outside of Highway 63. In the middle 63. of nowhere, not even being paid for this <laughs> Lenny Bruce-like moment on a Saturday afternoon with 10 people watching. So but, but Gabe, <laughs> Gabe was just like what the fuck am I doing? You know, he's like, like, and not, not even, not even what the fuck am I doing, which I'm sure he's in part was thinking. Yeah but what the fuck is he doing with his life that that's what he just did? He worked on producing this thing for this ingrate, and I basically ripped his production on the air. I mean, first time I'm ever on camera at the anchor desk, and I'm shitting on my <laughs> producer <laughs> in my intro. Here, we rolled the video of Devin West and Corby Jones' soundbite back up to Tim. Well, I don't know why. We've got we've got extra time, so we've got to show this U.S. Open. And then I ad-libbed over it back and forth. Forth, back and forth. I mean, just a fucking asshole. I should have been shut down then. The world would have been better for it. Uh, so, yes, when you bring up Gabe, and I have the 23-year, the although I've known him probably since like 96, 25-year relationship with him to know how legitimately, <laughs> I don't even know what the right word for it is, just like he doesn't give a fuck. He certainly doesn't suffer fools. He's emotionless when it comes to Missouri athletics, even though he covers Missouri athletics. I mean, look he I mean, he's I think, I think his business model, I don't know, is tied in some capacity to subscriptions uh-huh. with power Mizzou. Yeah. And he was so fucking tired of tired of some of the fans that he just got rid of Twitter. He's like, fuck it, I'd rather lose money than deal with this shit. Oh, my because God. one of my favorite things during Mizzou games yep. was to look at Gabe's men. Brutal. Oh, they're
0: so brutal, especially it was this best. summer. Oh, oh, he was getting. That's when I think he
2: deleted it because this summer he was just like, fuck this. I'm done. I'm done. Oh. So so the way that he got rid of he'd be doing a chat Oh
0: those are great and too.
2: the way that he would get rid of it it was probably wouldn't piss him off he'd just go, well I gotta get rid of this free dotem guy hold on one second <laughs> it's a great okay, job. he's gone so it was just like it was just like a cold-blooded killer just like, oh this motherfucker <laughs> let me put a bullet in him okay now I'll get back to talking about the third string secondary you know <laughs> and that, and it's just the absolute best yeah uh, that. The golf stuff. Oh, man, there's got to be others.
0: Emmanuel Shrieky.
2: Yeah, but I think that, that was, was... Wasn't a that a cameo. cameo? Yeah, the guy said but We didn't know about cameo at the uh-huh. time, yeah, so... Yeah, a cameo. And I feel like there's an obvious one. I feel like, like, well, Rudy. Do you even remember Rudy Jackson?
0: I've heard about it. My dad said that he him and my brother went to the 10th anniversary party at Friendlies, and he saw Rudy go into the bathroom with two <laughs> handfuls of fried chicken grease all over his hand. He said "I didn't eat fried chicken for a year.
2: <laughs> oh, Rudy would. But it wasn't, it wasn't like intentional. It yeah. wasn't like a prank. He would call other shows with the same stupid shit he would call on. <laughs> he was convinced that the Rams' defense would be improved if they would practice Tai Chi. I think that's how you say it. Is it Tai Chi? Tai, tai Chi? Yeah, Tai Chi, I think. Chi. That's hilarious. And so he was calling other shows about it in the market, and people were just like, who is this guy? But since at that time, like, and I guess it's still going on. I don't really know if shows take calls anymore. I think we We, we, we were about take, the like, only one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that they, you know, they would, like, want callers because it would fill time, and so they didn't want to shit on the callers. Rudy is with us, and he wants to talk about the Rams' defense. Oh, yeah, um... <laughs> Uh, I think if the Rams would practice Tai Chi, that it would help the defense. Was there any chance you could ask Mike Martz about that? Thanks for the call, Rudy. Good question. I was running to Coach Martz this week because the, the the host wouldn't want to be like, you know, yeah. fuck, what in the hell is this? Uh, so I know we've infiltrated a variety of places. It's not done intentionally. Like with the Barrett thing and the rankings, I really, I told the audience, now granted it was only on the fan page, like don't. Don't do like the bar stool thing where oh, it's like yeah. you take Shit's people annoying. out and we yeah. like, you know, I don't, I'm not interested. Not to say that the bar, I, it's just not, that's not what I want to do. it's not mm-hmm. what I want to do. I can't control the audience, but it's not what I want to do. It's not how I want to represent the audience. It's not hostile. It's just fucking off. yeah Barrett's got a fake list, whatever. Who gives a shit, you know? Yeah. But don't like get, you know, angry and insult them or go out, you know, and the whole, as far as like personal shit, you know, and it's just a dumb thing that we're, you know. Yeah. screwing around a bit. It's not a serious thing. So I always want it to be, you know, more lighthearted, ideally. And I'd like to think, because one of the questions that we got um, kind of speaks to this, and it was on the fan page, but it will allow me to segue into it. Um, Timmy Recaps asked this question. I feel like recently, Jackson, he asked a question or somebody asked a question, asking, what's the last major issue, politics, religion, social issues, you changed your mind about, and what led to that change? I feel like I answered that but maybe I didn't. You know what? I did, but it was on one that we didn't wind up posting. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's what it was. Because mm-hmm. yep. when I read it, I'm like, oh, I guess he didn't listen to the episode, but because we did the Claiborne episode, we didn't post it. And yeah. so that's what's now I'm this is this is host discovering the truth while on the air.
0: Best time to um, figure that so out.
2: So that's uh that's a great question and what I said about it, and then we didn't wind up posting it, but I'll answer it here. And then he has a second question regards to us getting shit from sponsors on stuff, which will which will tie back into the last thing. This thing's all over the map, as it always is. Uh, and and what I was saying when I answered the initial times, I can't recall, which I actually think speaks to me being flawed, because I would have to think that something, you know, for and I feel like I've been following polo- politics. I feel like right around the Iraq War. That's when I really started paying closer attention. Before then, I don't think I did. Now, you think you do, but you're not. At least I can speak to myself, and that bothered me so much, and it still does. It, it, That's never going to change. It's not like when I'm 75, I'm going to go, you know what? That Iraq war was right, uh, it, it, and, it, and I feel like it was a domino effect on a variety of things. Uh, the 2008 presidential election I was really locked in on Um and, but but I think what happens is, and this is kind of a this is an aside from this question. I think people who follow it in even the slightest way think they are informed. Do you follow me on that, Jackson? Uh, like yeah. nobody would say I'm uninformed, but here's my opinion. But in reality, even when I'm thinking I'm more informed than somebody else. There's somebody listening to me on the radio, like if this is a food chain, and they're going, oh, this motherfucker thinks he knows what he's talking about. And yep. he's so, un- you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, in my mind, if somebody's like, you know, in my mind, plagiarizing, take your pick of whatever cable host or podcast, and I'm going, this motherfucker doesn't read his own shit. Uh, but then somebody's listening to me talking, his this motherfucker doesn't know what he's talking about. So I feel like that, that's, that's some semblance of awareness that I've just come to recently. But then the other thing, because we did this, whatever it was, a week or two ago, but then didn't post it. Like I said, we did the Claiborne um, podcast last week, which I would majorly recommend if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, and I said at the time, I'm like, I can't think of an issue, an issue, an issue, 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 not a person, but an issue Where I was really high on an issue or really against an issue, and then I wound up changing my mind. And I don't say that as a brag. I say that as, oh, I think I'm so evolved, and yet I'm just as flawed as the people that I, you know, label as tribal or, you know, go, okay, this person's posting. I already know what they're going to say before I read it, or this person's on, you know, so-and-so show or this person's writing a column i already know what they're going to say and then i go well shit look at me now maybe maybe a listener can point to something i feel like i'm good about acknowledging when i was wrong but they're on like stupid shit issues or they or, so i so i don't know so jackson i mean you're you're working with a smaller sample size at 23 yeah. i mean i'm i was beyond 23 when i felt like i started paying attention And even that is, paying attention is certainly subjective. Do you have anything that that you can think of where you were really passionate about one thing and then you changed your mind?
0: Yeah, I think I said it on the one we didn't post, but it's just like, I don't have any interest in changing people's minds about things like I used to. Like I used to like really be like in 2016, I was a freshman in college and I hear someone who's like, I'm going to vote for Trump. I'm like, why? Like, give me one good effing reason why you would want to vote for him. And then I just quickly realized, especially come uh, November 2020, four years in college afterwards, I was like, wait, if someone wants to do that, like, okay, go ahead. I'm not going to be able to change their mind. Like, I'm not going to speak to them and be like, oh, you're right. I'm going to go vote for Biden. And they're sure as shit not going to change my mind and make me go vote for Trump. So I said, fuck it. Like, I don't really have any interest in telling you how you should think. And I don't want you telling me how I should think if you're misinformed on something, I can present you a fact or I can present you a study or some link to something. But at the end of the day, people want hear what they want to hear. So, I mean, if it's good faith and it's like I'm like in a group chat with a bunch of friends and we just kind of, you know, it's a couple Republicans, a couple Democrats or, you know, liberals and conservatives. And it's just interesting just to have a little discourse and it kind of keeps me up to date on stuff. But I don't go into it being like, oh, I'm going to change you know, so-and-so's mind today, because that's what, that's what I'm here doing here today. No, I'm just, I'll hear people out, hear their side, and if we fundamentally disagree on something, then there's that, and that's, uh, that's what I really have changed my mind on, is changing people's minds.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I don't care, uh, and by that I mean I don't care if I change people's minds. I also know that, um, because I say it automatically, there are those who, you know, just, disagree with me, so they're going to disagree with me because I said it, whereas let's, if we we're talking about in the Ryan Kelly Morning After universe, if Doug were to say it, they would agree with it. Mm-hmm. And that's not because they like Doug, they dislike me, but because they associate Doug with conservative policy and they associate me with liberal policy and therefore it has to stick to... You know what I mean? Like if yeah. Tucker Carlson said it, then okay, well I'm on board because Tucker Carlson said it, Rachel Maddow said it. Even if I kind of agree with it, well I can't agree with it because Rachel Maddow said it. Mm-hmm. So with that said, I'm with you 100% on that. I don't care I think this is again. This is, is everything is a digression on this podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to find my way back to where <laughs> I initially was and see if I can do it. I don't know if I ever, uh, did. You watch Real Time with Bill Maher this past week? I did not. I, I should, Doug, I Doug actually I brought it up yeah, on the radio show. That was today. surprising. Um, but I think I think what's going on is, and I think it's a I think it's actually a great thing is that you have people going well. I yeah, Bill Maher. I guess liberal, but fuck, he's saying things I agree with. So. You know, it's not like Bill Maher is changing his politics. He's just going, this is fucked up, and he's saying it. And people going, yeah, I mean, I may be conservative, but I agree with what he's saying. And I think that's healthy. Um, You know, I guess, you know, I've talked about conversations with Coleman, Coleman Hughes. And I guess, I guess he's a conservative. I, I, I don't even know. I guess he is a, I guess he's someone, I think people will be able to tell me, and I know that 95% of the audience has no idea what I'm talking about, again, another digression, that he would be somebody that conservatives like to hold up as, you know, see, this person you would think is this, but he's actually this, and that just shows you how stupid that is. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Clay Travis's game was initially, and now it's whatever it is, but like initially was, well, I voted Democrat and I worked for a Democrat in Washington, D.C., but, and it's like, see, then conservatives would go, see, Democrats even saying this is how fucked up liberals are. I think that was the game that's kind of a trick, and I think the same thing goes on with S.E. Cup right now. I think it could be off, and that she's a conservative but then she shits on conservatives and so then liberals go see she's a conservative and she's talking about how fucked up the conservatives i think that's the game it's kind uh, of yeah. a playbook i think it, you follow me on that
0: yeah there's a uh, Aaron Sorkin show the newsroom jeff daniels oh, I like the newsroom yeah jeff daniels like i'm a registered conservative but i'm going to shit on yes a tea party and shit so that
2: was that exactly a perfect example wonderful example for an actual show for an actual fictitious creation, because they recognized that that was a playbook it's a it's I, I don't know if i don't know if you could still i'm sure you could still run that playbook now i don't know if it'd be as successful because it's been run yeah but again i don't know if people are even aware that the playbook is being run um, so with that all said the reason i brought up bill Maher, i'm trying to find my way back to the original five points that i said i'm digressing from there was a for the first time I'm watching it. Anna Marie and I watched it last night, and uh, and it airs on Friday. But we just you know have to catch up on stuff because putting our son to bed and you know just don't have the time to to watch things. And uh, we watched it last night. And Larry Wilmore, who was the host of the Daily Show for a period of time, right? He was the mm-hmm. anchor on the Daily Show. Uh, did he replace John Stewart or he was on him with John Stewart and then Trevor Noah replaced John Stewart? I don't know. What the I hell
0: thought Trevor was. Noah replaced Jon Stewart.
2: Yeah. So I don't know where Larry will, where Larry Wilmore. Uh, but either way, I know him from, from there. He was on the panel and then a guy I had never seen before, but I thought he was outstanding, but I don't know if he was just outstanding because of the way he spoke, but I think he was saying things that liberals and conservatives both and like a large amount of liberals and conservatives both would be like, good for this. F-. I mean, so many things he was saying, and he, would, and he was just passionate about it. And I think because he kind of was, uh, who the fuck is this guy? I don't think Mar had ever met him before. I'm certain Larry Wilmore had never met him before. And they're going, wow, this guy's kind of upstaging us. And it, it, I would really recommend it to people to go back and watch it. It was, it, was, it was the first, like so many times, like the first guest that he had on this past week. And I'm just locked in at that point on Instagram or looking at the Honda Classic rosters for DraftKings. And Anna Marie goes, oh, you're totally out on this lady. I go, yeah, she's got got nothing for me. And I'll say that so often about the panels. But I'm like, this guy is, I mean, he is, and it's not like, but he was talking about, why am I bringing him up? He was talking about dunking on people and obviously we're not talking about Jordan, you know, we're not mm-hmm. talking about LeBron. We're talking about social media dunking on people. Quote and tweets. I think you can even and you can even take it to even a group text yeah. where it doesn't become about a good faith discussion on a way of seeing policy or political philosophy or religion or sexuality or even a baseball trade differently. It comes because... You're essentially performing for an audience, even if it's only four other people you went to high school with in a group chat, or thousands of people on Twitter, or millions, as the case might be, or on the fan page or whatever. <laughs> it comes it becomes about winning the argument. Yep. So it doesn't become a—whereas if you were sitting across from the person, that's not how you—you you, you would listen. You know? You would yeah. listen, oh, even yeah. if you completely disagree. So it becomes about dunking on them, i.e., winning And I thought that observation, what this gentleman did, and I think he's a professor at NYU, and I'm sure immediately some people, liberal. But I I think a lot of what he said were actually conservative, would be considered, I don't know, I think they were bipartisan talking points. But again, they weren't policy talking points. They were more human behavior talking points. And a a lot of what he was saying is like, this is what I've been trying to say, but I guess I'm not doing a good job of saying it because this guy is saying it. And it's on a bunch of different points. It's on a bunch of different points. I mean, he was hitting everything. He was really hitting on like social media is there. You know, the food companies aren't interested in you being healthy, the restaurant aren't interested in being healthy, they're interested in you being unhealthy. Social media isn't interested in you feeling better about yourself. They want you to feel worse about yourself. Yep. That's and, he's, and I'm like, yeah, that's social media feeds on insecurity. Oh yeah. That, I mean, that's that's the the business model is insecure. The business model is FOMO. The business model is fear of missing out. The business model is showing that hey, I'm okay even if I'm a fucking mess, you know. Yep. And, and 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 or or getting likes because you had a shitty or whatever it is. And I'm like, this... To, and, you know, and then Marr and Larry Wilmore said... And I don't know, it might have been Larry more than Marr... Going, yeah, you know, I mean, back in, like, the... You know, our parents were saying rock and roll music is the problem. And now we're saying social media is the problem. And I just... I don't th- I don't think that that is the case. You know, I don't... Because even the parents of the rock and roll music people then had kids, and they were listening to gangster rap in the 90s. And you had Tipper Gore trying to get, you know, things slapped on records. And, yep, you know, uh, so... Uh, I don't. I think this is a different deal, because I think this is psychological, and, and really deeply psychological. And I actually think it then is. I think you can trace so much of the shit back to social media. And I don't. And I'm not talking about MySpace. I'm not even talking about the beginning of Facebook. I think I'm more in the camp of Twitter and Facebook. But like the, you know. The shit on Facebook. I'm not talking about like you know somebody posts a baby picture or something. I'm talking about the groups and the bubbles and the likes and the takedowns and the Twitter and the you know and the whole oh, fucking yeah. thing. It's- and then, then 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 outlets, media actually believe to be the <laughs> public believes to be legitimate, begin just quoting. A uh, one Twitter user said this, and you go, what? We've just empowered just random person. We've empowered it and we've now normalized it. Just like I said, you know, John McCain might look back and go, holy shit, you know, I can't believe Donald Trump is the nominee of my party and he won the election. Well, you kind of normalized it when you put Sarah Palin on the ticket. So, you know, I know it sucks, but shit, that's, that's that's a significant moment in American political history. And so... The media goes, boy, this social media is eating us alive. Well, you kind of normalized it when you started quoting motherfuckers on Twitter and nobody knows who the hell they are. And then you're giving them credibility. I recall Joe Buck in 2004, after the 2004 World Series, saying to me he was getting ripped for this call the Cardinals Red Sox World Series. And he goes, you ever read sound off? And I go, I mean, I guess occasionally the post-dispatch thing. Yeah, we would make fun of it. You know, it's like we're old people go to bitch about shit. And he goes, you know, anybody would ever write into that? And I go, uh, no. I mean, it'd be weird if I did. And he goes, yeah. He goes, that's my point. He goes, who the? He goes, but I'm having to answer questions about what was written in SoundOff. And he just thought it was weird that people were even like using it. Well, now we've used the biggest SoundOff going, Twitter, as an actual basis for forming thought and then policy. And people are losing their jobs because of it. And that is a true fucking issue. It is a real issue. I hate the term cancel culture because it's being applied to things that aren't actually cancel culture. And I feel like it initially was a liberal term that now I think conservatives are using. I really think the be- fake news was actually a liberal term that then the pres- President Trump then started using and then liberals are like, well, fuck, we can't touch that term anymore. But it was fake news because it was Fox News and it was Breitbart and going, holy shit, they're just reporting shit that's made up. And then he started using it to make fun of mainstream media. <laughs> and then the liberals were like, oh, fuck, we can't touch that term anymore. Cray the monster. And I, I swear that's what happened. I'm telling you that's what happened. I'm telling you. Because I remember the inter- there were two interviews. Were, I think they were both on Meet the Press. One was with Kellyanne Conway, and she goes, "Well, I'm giving you alternative facts," and Chuck Todd nearly <laughs> fell out of his chair. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? And then, like a year later, he has Rudy Giuliani. He goes, "Well, this is a different. This is a different truth. Some people have different truths." He's going, "What in the fuck just happened?" Yeah. But it just became acceptable. And the same shit is going on here, where we're going. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, I, How many people who, of course, know the Chris Harrison Bachelor story? actually watched the 15 minute interview he did with rachel Lindsay on whatever show it was i'm going to call it access hollywood i have no idea what it's basically from that genre i i i have no idea why i did i was looking for like chipping tips on youtube (laughs) and for whatever reason it popped up as an option to watch and i'm like Oh, I didn't even know there. I thought it was like a quick interview, and she got pissed off at him, and he lost his or temporarily lost his job. And now it looks like he has lost his job. By the way, a show that my life is so much better that I no longer watch and haven't watched for five years. So then I go and I watch the entire interview, and I go, "Oh my God, this is absolutely not the way that it's being represented." Holy shit! And if anything, Rachel Lindsay and Chris Harrison are friends. And she's, like, cool with what he's saying throughout the whole thing. And he didn't even say anything, and what he was saying. well, He wasn't like, I'm on board with these antebellum Annab- college parties, and we all should get dressed up, you know, like it's pre-Civil War. <laughs> he wasn't saying that at all. He was saying, I understand what people are saying, but before we cast judgment, let's let everything play out. And that was enough to get him to lose his fucking job. Holy shit. That's the game now. That's the game it's fu- it's nuts, man. it's nuts. I'm telling you I used to say I'm going to get taken out for something that I say. but here's the deal. I'm telling I'm changing, I'm changing my obituary. I'm going to get taken out for something I already said. I just don't know what the fuck it is. I, it's going to come it's going to happen. I'm telling you that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you that's what's going to happen. I don't know what it is. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the way I conduct my life. Doesn't matter the way the show's operated for years and the way that I've worked with people. However, it doesn't matter. Something I said something fifteen years ago that is going to be then taken out of context, and I'll be gone. And that's the way that'll go. That's the deal. That's one of the things that that dude uh, what was his name Scott Galloway was talking about. He goes, "We have these. We're taking time machines." And we're going back to people in history and applying current day morals and ethics Mm -hmm. and going, wow, that person didn't share. He goes, Winston Churchill is now being attacked for some of the things that he said in the in the early 20th century that are deemed racist. And he goes, the most anti-racist thing in all of the 20th century was stopping Hitler, and he led that. But now he is going to be taken out for being a racist. He goes, we're going to reach a point at some point that Martin Luther King and JFK will be taken off of schools because they had infidelity in their marriages. And they will be considered misogynist, and therefore they can't be represented. For, and I'm like, he's right. It's, it's It just keeps coming. I don't know what's going to stop it, but I watch it and I go, holy shit, this is nuts. So this guy saying these things, he conveyed what I've been trying to say so often on this podcast, which is, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? fuck is going on and i and, and i think part of me initially was going wow this is all a social media thing and then now i'm going i wonder if there's a bigger picture more deviant element to it that there is some kind of like business model to it whether it be a political business model or an actual business business model to it because it's so batshit that I can't figure out how people are just going along with it. The metric for companies or the metrics for bosses for smaller businesses, so companies that are publicly traded or smaller businesses, and small businesses can still be thousands of employees, is, oh, fuck it, we'll apologize and we'll suspend them because it's not worth the hassle of trying to win on Twitter. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. It's not worth going, okay, God, this poor motherfucker. We know he's a great guy. We know he's not a racist But, oh, God, we got to suspend them. Otherwise, these people will take out our sponsors and then we'll go out of business or our revenues will decline 50% and we'll be fucked. And then a bunch of innocent people lose their jobs. That's it. That's it. That's the game. That's the game. And it's wrong. And and the thing I keep saying is it's just as wrong – Take your pick of whatever time period, whether it be now or 50 years ago or 100 years ago, to treat somebody differently because they're of a different race to discriminate, just as it is now. I have no idea how all of a sudden many people who are castigating people for being bigoted against minorities are now being bigoted against white people. It's bo- they're both fucking wrong. I, I, and I, don't, I don't understand how you can have the intellectual honesty and try to try to say, well, that's the, no, it's, this is fine, and here's why. It's not. They're both fucking wrong. For the life of me, I don't get it. But I also go fight. It's, it, this thing, this this train isn't stopping just because I go on my little podcast and talk about it. It's it's coming down the tracks, and all it's doing is picking up momentum. And then the problem is, you just have people who don't necessarily know what the term means, and they're just go like, oh, cancel culture, cancel culture, and, can- and then cancel culture just gets lumped in with you know fake news, and it's just like oh, the cancel culture people. So I don't like the term cancel culture because now that's just kind of like a lazy counter thing. Yeah. So I don't even like saying cancel culture.
0: Yeah, I'm on the same. I don't
2: like You know what I mean? I,
0: it's everything now. Everything is cancel And culture. you know, even and and it's, if, if something, even if the company itself deems it like, hey, we don't want to do this anymore, they were canceled. Like, right. And it's what?
2: it's just, you know, and, and, and it's, ah. But it's just something that I'm observing and go, and I'm telling you, man, like, like I don't know how long, I mean, i was doing radio for as long as I've done it, but specific to the morning grind slash morning after. You know, for the first some, however many years of the show, I would legitimately get upset about some sports things. When I look back on that, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm just not there anymore. I don't know what could possibly happen in sports where all of a sudden I'd be on, like, this worked up over something. It's just not where I am anymore in my life. But but, this, but there were a number of years where we're just fucking off on the show just because I'm like, oh, whatever, everything's kind of cool. Re- again, relatively speaking, there's always problems, but relatively speaking. But this one here really, really concerns me. because I th- And here's why. I think you have a number of people who view it as, yeah, I think President Trump might have been this or that, whatever negative adjective. But, man my choice is this or that, i.e. Trump and what he represented, or the other party is take your pick of whatever incident on social media or whatever policy that they go, this is appealing to like 0.4% of the population, and I'm not on board with that. And I'm not on board with being told that I'm whatever ist or ism because I'm not on board with it. And, I'm not, and so, you know, then I'm then I'm on board with the guy who's making fun of that group because that kind of that kind of relates to me better. And I don't know what the fuck's going on with immigration policy or health care or foreign policy or trade. I have no clue, for all being honest. But I like this guy because he speaks to me more and that shit doesn't speak to me. And I think that I think that is <laughs> I really do. I think if you strip it all away, I think that is how a lot of this has happened. And it, and that concerns me because that keeps that alive. When in reality, it's like, how did that even have life in the first place? Mm.
1: Yeah.
2: So, that's what works me up about it. Now I'm going to try to continue to find my way back to the other question. <laughs> the, st- <laughs> the second question was, which was in in realm, uh, the realm of us and our content. Have you guys ever had a sponsor unhappy? with the way you, Doug, or Plowsy, RIP, execute a live read. They're normally humorous, include somebody going off on a random tangent in the middle, and aren't always straight readings. For the audience, they come across as even more memorable and charming, but I can see a straight-laced company maybe objecting to your style of live reads. That's a great question. My honest answer on that is no. And here's, I guess here's why. First off, if somebody's advertising on the show, they know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, even if they don't, and I can think of a client, because this was brought to my attention relatively recently, where the actual owner, 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 like the top of the totem pole, doesn't listen to the show, but they are familiar with the return on investment their advertising campaign is giving the business, uh, then that's what what matters if you're a business owner. As long as the show isn't like, you know, preaching, you know, hate or violence or something like that yeah so assuming it's within that realm and like i said our show is a reindeer games roast and so we're cool so the the other thing is there are companies where you do have to like um jackson i mean you see them the ones that i do harry's razors lightstream Mm -hmm. back in the day charter these are companies where they would specifically say to the salesperson have the host who does the endorsement or the read stick to the script so you know that, and they usually have ad agencies, and those ad agencies will go back and listen to make sure, not that you didn't like, you know, start flirting with Doug in the middle of it, then, but but that you stuck to the script, that you gave them a minimum of 60 seconds, which is what their buy was, mm-hmm. and that you said certain phrases that they want to make sure are said. So I guess my answer to Timmy Recap's second question is, um, you know which ones want to have you just do whatever and then you know which ones you got to stay inside the box on that's so so the real answer is truly no i mean going back years and years ago um this is a kind of a famous moment in tma history although i think this was morning grind um i think this is like 2005 or 6 i think ownership slash management wanted to get rid of the cat i think um and, and I, I don't know if it was a personal thing or if it was they're just losing money and they're just looking to cut, whatever was going on. And I had to do a read for some dog food thing. <laughs> and the copy was asinine. <laughs> I mean asinine. Asinine. A, a, so asinine I couldn't get through it without breaking. I would start laughing, which was a terrible thing. Because you're supposed to be doing a live read for dog food. And if you just start laughing, you know, the first time you could be like, oh, no, this was on TV or whatever. But, you know, when it happened like for the fifth time. And I said to the I said the cat, stop tickling me. Even though, of course, the, the, you know, the guy's <laughs> yeah. in his like 50. Oh, what the <laughs> fuck would you tick tickling me? Or probably at that time his 40s. So he wasn't tickling me. So they bring us in, the GM. And this is this is a long time ago. This is not this current KFNS administration. They bring us in and they hit play on the, on the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> like it was the uh, Watergate. Tapes. Yeah, deep throat. <laughs> oh, get the cat going on this. This should be a Swope's <laughs> picks. Uh, and, and the GM goes, what do you have to say for yourself, Jim? <laughs> and the cat goes, you're not serious. Are you? <laughs> and he goes, I'm not serious. They canceled their ad buy because of this. And I go, and the person's name, I said, he wasn't tickling me. I was was making fun of the situation that I was laughing by jokingly blaming the cat for tickling me. And he goes... Well, you said he was tickling you. I go, I understand I said it, but I'm telling you right here, the man was not tickling me. I don't want men tickling me. Cross the board. It's a policy I'm very passionate about. I don't need grown men tickling me. Seems boilerplate. Yeah, I mean, it's standard boilerplate language. So he wasn't tickling. So the cat nearly lost his job circa 2005 or 2006 because management at the time, Honestly, thought he was tickling me, but realistically, <laughs> their copy. I mean, they were basically saying your dog could fly if they would eat the dog food. It was so absurd. It was like I, I almost feel like they were doing it intentionally to get the host to lose their mind so they could get make goods because it was so asinine and it was like a booklet of copy. The, the way copy works now is usually it's boiler—the um, boilerplate bullet points. Yeah. And you just you know, and I ad lib. Doug ad libs. It's you know, it's not it's not really all that fascinating as to how <laughs> it works. I realize if you don't do it normally, it would probably be a thing. But when you do it normally, it's 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 nothing. Some companies want to make sure you have scripts. This company was a bigger company wanted us to have a script or at least the bullet points, and I had to read a certain amount of them. And I'm telling you, you know, if your dog eats this, it'll just shit gold. You'll <laughs> you'll love it. You'll be well. You'll be wealthy, and your dog will be healthy. You know, I mean, it's just like. What am I reading here? You know, and on top of it, it was like it was like my significant other's dog because I didn't have a dog. Yeah. So we had to we had to like bullshit our way <laughs> through that. <And> I was <laughs> really uncomfortable. Thing. It's one of the reasons why now I'm like, I'm not going to endorse something if I don't know the person or if I know that the company is actually a legitimate company. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that it is. It's just because I don't want to get in a spot. Not that this company wasn't reputable It was a reputable companies. The copy was asinine. So that would be an example, but it's been 15 or 16 years. Hey, speaking of which, it allows me to segue into a reputable company, and that's Ryan Kelly, who I know, who apparently Jackson is coming down here. We found on the radio show.
0: Yeah, hell yeah, that's awesome. Good for him. Yeah, he works His
2: family. He's got three kids, taking his wife and kids uh, down to spring training. So I hope I cross paths with him while he is uh, while he is in Jupiter for Cardinal spring training. He is online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Not only do I know him and can I vouch for him and when I hang out with him and he's down here, but on top of that, I've done business with him, thehomeloanexpert.com. And then, uh, not only did I refinance with him, I got pre-approved with him. And right now, I was reading an article yesterday. Um, I don't know. It doesn't matter where where it was, uh, but it was a, it was it was a credible publication. It wasn't just like, hey, my buddy blogged about this. That home prices are you know we haven't seen since 2006, right before the bubble. But this time, this is actually legitimate. This isn't people just, you know, not putting money down. Down payments are actually up and prices are up. Supply is down. Well, great, good. That means we're doing it the right way. But secondarily, that means you got to be pre-approved because you, if not, you're going to lose out on the house you want. And there aren't, they're not popping up everywhere. In, in the neighborhood where we live down here, my wife goes, boy, both those houses were on the market, and they were they're already both sold. I go, you got be kidding me! And I mean, it's just the way that it is. But this isn't limited to, to Florida. This is this is St. Louis. You got to be pre-approved. Get pre-approved. It is so helpful. Honestly, I didn't even know what the hell it meant. I would just talk about pre-approval, but I, then I was like, oh, if we're gonna get something, we really do need to get pre-approved, because then the seller goes, oh, well, this person's good to go. We know we can take their offer and pull the house because they're good to go. Pretty basic. I think you should know that around eleven years old. I didn't. But uh, that's what Ryan Kelly does. You refinance you save money. You want to buy a home, thehomeloanexpert.com. You get pre-approved. There he is. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Make sure your finances are in order with Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Really just a great guy. He's online at EvergreensTL.com. The phone number is 314-889-0503. That's 314 314-889. 889 0503 Mark Hanna helps everyday people every day, and I have sent a number of people to him. The one that uh, you may be familiar with as a listener is uh producer Joe, but uh, another one, um, well, it's not just another one, it's a bunch of people, but it's people are they will email me and they'll say, you know what, at first I was just kind of like, okay, you're doing a spot, I kind of you know, whatever. But then I was like, you know what, you really sound passionate about this. I'm going to give them a chance. And they do, and they're so happy that they did. There's just something about knowing the person on the other end of the phone or the Zoom or whatever the hell you're doing. They're, they're paying attention. They care. They're not going, oh, well, you know, you're not carrying at least this minimum of a, you know, portfolio. I'm not interested. Mark helps everyday people every day. 314-889-0503. Mark Hanna, Evergreen. Wealth strategies. And finally, the great Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling online at DesignAirService.com. He wants you to know this because, Jack, you know, Jackson, I was looking at my weather app, which I know isn't necessarily accurate, mm-hmm. but it's like nothing now. But as far as the forecast in St. Louis, I'll pull it up again now. It kind of puts me in a good state of mind of like, you know, like everything, all the highs. Oh, yeah.
0: Fives and sixes, baby.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, but there's only, only Thursday and Friday are in the 50s, the low 50s, and everything else is 60s. Yep. I mean, the corner is turning. It's turning. Uh, and so it inevitably, probably sometime in April, which is great, you're going to get to a spot where you're like, I have to turn the air conditioning on. And you might get in a spot where we get hit really early with the heat. Mm-hmm. Well, make sure, and this is the time now where things are kind of calm, that you get it checked out. And what they will do is one of their techs at Design Air Heating and Cooling will come uh, clean out your air conditioning coil and then check the refrigerant charge to keep your air conditioning running efficiently this summer. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling. Doug's a client. I'm a client. Jackson's parents are a client. Designairservice.com. Design Air Heating and Cooling. All right. What else do I got? This one. What took you so long to get into golf? It's a good question. Jackson, were you playing all your life?
0: Uh, I was like, you know playing with my dad all my life. I didn't start playing competitively until I got cut from the freshman freshman year of baseball. Uh, it was raining out that week so golf got pushed back a week. Baseball was inside. Got cut from baseball. Went mm. out for golf the next week. Made the team and from there it was like, I, I, I've already loved golf but it went to a whole new level where I really fell in love with the game.
2: And what is, what is the lowest your handicap has gotten? When I was in Do Florida,
0: you know? I was sub uh, so I was sing, I was single that was like a 9.8 my um, last year like the freshman year in Florida and I've never gotten that good since. probably not even sniffed near there. Since. That's
2: interesting to me. I just for I don't get I feel like if you if you keep trending up that you, you that you'll keep trending up and then you'll plateau. But I feel like the plateau is probably like a I don't know, 3 or 4? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're- so you just couldn't get you couldn't get to be a seven or eight, it just well, here's, surprises me. Here's my thoughts: Is what do you got? And the leaf blowers are fucking back. And I just, I mean, these people are blowing leaves for seven hours at a time. I'm in awe. Can you hear them? No, I actually can't. can't. No, I can't oh, hear. Oh, good. Him. Okay, then I'll just be distracted. All right. So tell me what's going on. I need to know what's going on with
0: you. So I play my senior year of high school. Play the season, so that's April, uh, April, May, and then I play all summer. Then I go down to Florida, continue to play a ton. And then right around October, November is when, in St. if I was in St. Louis, is where golf would stop because, A, I'd be playing basketball, and, B, it would be cold. Instead, I continue to play and play a lot because it's beautiful out. It's awesome. I'm working at a course, so I'm playing there for free. A great course, by the way. And it's just I am keep getting better and better and better. Whereas when I'm back in St. Louis for my whole life, I would get – you know, pretty good, my best I could play that whole summer right up until about September, October, and then I would completely stop and have to pick it back up once basketball season was over in March. Yeah. Yeah. So instead, I play that entire winter, and then come April and May, I've ha- I don't have to pick back up again. I've already been building and building and building. I don't have to relearn things or get my muscle memory back. I'm already there, and that's what helped me really step my game up and had i stayed there for four years i think i would have there they are
2: I there think. somebody's in my home <laughs> somebody is in my home with a weapon i mean I, I could see in the reflection the guy was in the doorway what in the hell is in the door that you need to blow around and this is just unbelievable oh my that that one
0: that one kind of like hurt my ear yeah Where i mean
2: I, I looked i go oh my god i guess they're, I, they're in the house I'm, I'm the only one here Anna Marie's parents have gone back to St. Louis. Jameson's at his school, and Anna Marie's working out. It's just me. And I'm like, fuck, they've, they've sent somebody in to take <laughs> me out. They're here. It's been fun, fun <laughs> yeah. four years. This, is gonna, this podcast is going to be used as evidence. And, yeah. But, what in uh, the hell? I just well, that, make, that makes all the sense in the world. So you yeah. wouldn't, you'd keep making progress, but then you'd have to stop because of the weather.
0: Exactly. Whereas in Illinois, they play golf in the fall for high yeah. school, which is huge. Because A, you don't have rain outs as much, and B it's like, okay, you've played all summer and now you can go out and play competition. Whereas, you know, I've been playing basketball for five or six months inside. I haven't swung a club. All right, you guys are going to play, you know, Parkway Central today.
2: Shit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, That's a different deal.
0: So, yeah. So so I think if I would have stayed there for four years, I could have dropped down uh, to a really good number because I would just never stop playing, you know. But I'm happy with my game. It's, I just like to play now where it's, once I stop caring about score, I actually get better. You know what that's, I'm saying? Well, I
2: think that's a. They, uh, did you watch any of the players this weekend? Mm-hmm. I assume you did.
0: All day Sunday.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was just, I was a lot. Well, we had a team. I think I was telling you this before we started recording, didn't I? Mm hmm. And I was part of me was going to talk about it on the radio, but then I'm like, I don't want to deal with it because th- then I'll know there'll be people cheering against the team, and I'll already be emotionally distraught anyway when shit happens. Much less I got some asshole I don't know DMing me, <laughs> celebrating the fact that like Patrick Cantley didn't make the cut or whatever. Yeah. But we were tenth in the Millionaire Maker on uh, when things started on Friday, I think tenth or eighteenth. Either way, you have a couple hundred thousand entries. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. to be in that spot, and we had so many rosters uh, that were live. Um, and even even on Sunday, still had a team that got, I think, to 80th in the Millionaire Maker and wound up finishing 200th. Either way, whatever, neither here nor there. So I'm watching a lot of that this weekend, and one of the things that they talked about all the time, and I'm sure in part, and I don't think that this was misogynistic, but I think in part because she's attractive, is Lee Westwood's caddy. Mm-hmm. And I believe... She's his fiance, uh, yeah. Helen Story, I, think. I yep. think, is how you say it. She's British, so it might be some different pronunciation. I mean, these motherfuckers are <laughs> blowing leaves like the, Like Hurricane Irma is making its way back <laughs> and, and through. I mean, I look Crazy. outside, and this is just—and where are they coming from? Autumn is permanently going on. In Florida, it's 82 degrees out.
0: I imagine them pulling up like a SWAT team. You know, all of them. I, why, fuck I, I've
2: talked about it so up. often. Why don't I take a video of it so you can see it? I, yeah. I, I mean, they're just, you'll see. It's like a, I mean, there are hordes of gentlemen with leaf blowers. <laughs> and, you, and, and for the life of me, I mean, you know, I don't own down here. I know that. I think people are starting, oh, fuck, he's really unrelatable. He owns a house down there. I don't own a house. I rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this HOA, the money in their budget for leaf blowing. Yeah, seriously. I mean, what is going on? Right, I'm <laughs> going to text this to you so you can finally finally see what you've been hearing for months down here. Um, so, uh, what the hell were we talking about before yet again the leaf blower thing popped? up? Oh, Lee, Lee, no, Lee, what Westwood's you were saying. Lee Westwood's caddy, and it puts him in a good state of mind, yeah. which is so important. The great players I've played with, And I'm talking about great, great, like, professional have played, you know, Chris Nagel I played with last week. He's played in the U.S. Open at Shinnecock a couple years ago. Adam Long has won on the tour. You know, he finished, I think he top 20 this week at the Players. Mm -hmm. There is a trait that they have, Wellington, who isn't, you know, but he's played in Monday qualifiers for the Honda. They all have one trait that, like, even the guys who I think are great players who might be scratch or even plus one— And that is, they are somehow, and I I think it's a learned thing, I don't think it's a thing you're born with, they are somehow able to maintain their composure. Now listen, it's not not a 100% thing, but so much of the game is that, is to not let a double bogey turn into a triple on the next hole or a bad tee shot then turn into an eight and then just go, okay, fine, fuck it. I got to bogey it. I just got to get the bogey and then move on. There's a stat called the bounce back stat. Mm-hmm. And I love it when I'll birdie a hole after like a double bogey. I yeah, love it. I mean, now that thing's absolutely in the rear view mirror. But it also says so. So, so there is that. And so with Lee Westwood having his... I think I think a lot of guys were looking at that and going, God, you know, he just got divorced a few years ago. He's clearly happy. Now he's out on the golf course. He's winning at 47 years old or at least competing with fucking Bryson DeChambeau, too. Not just mm-hmm. like anybody, yeah. but the guy who's like, you know, having a tiger impact on the game, not as far as people playing, but, uh, you know, changing the, the way people are playing the game. God, isn't that wonderful? Maybe I should get a divorce and get with a younger, beautiful woman, and she'll caddy for me, and I'll be happier. I think there was a <laughs> lot of that going on on social media. I think that's what's going on. I'm trying to say' yeah, that'll, that'll help the shanks. <laughs> Absolutely, except when you're broke and you can't play. But outside of that, I think she, because he said, he goes, she's not telling me yardage or she's not telling, you know, reading putts. She just would keep him in a good state of mind. Yep. And there's not a doubt in my mind. When I am in a good state of mind, that's when I'm going to play my best. Absolutely. So this this so the, the gentleman who asked the question is somebody who I've played a, a, uh, a good amount of golf with, and he's a great player, like true I think he's a scratch golfer, might even be a plus one. It, it, great player. Uh, and it, it's neither here nor there, but I, he's asking the question, and I, I haven't played with him in a couple of years. But I mean, he's hits the shit out of the ball, and you know, like I said, great player. Uh, I think he played college. Um, I, I, so much of the game when it really gets down to it is accessibility. Accessibility when you're younger, um, and then accessibility, I suppose, when you're, you know, out of college. Uh, well, I mean, I guess even when you're in college, if your parents are members somewhere, I mean, it's just the reality of it, and that's why the game has the you know i don't even know if i can call it an undercurrent i think it's right there i don't even think it's an undercurrent of being attached to take your pick of whatever word you want to use wealth leisure privilege whatever and i'm not saying that's wrong by the way i just know privilege is a word that gets people going right now so i hesitated to use it but yeah. i th- so so for me growing up where i grew up again i want to make this clear and how am I talk about South City? There's, there's South City and there's where I grew up. And they're two different things. I did grow up in South St. Louis, but it's not like I grew up in, like, I mean, there's, there's South City and there's St. Louis Hills, and they're different. And those who know what I'm talking if you know, you know, one of those deals. But still, if you grew up, you know, where you, well, I mean, where you went to school, Jackson, I know where you're yeah. living right now. It's not like you're living on, you know, 30 acres in Huntley. No. So I want to make, but it, everybody has their different existences. And I don't, I don't ever feel like people, like, anytime somebody's running for office, they have to, like, portray themselves as they you know grew up dirt poor they're raised by wolves yeah i mean it's like okay you know i had i i was lucky i know and i know a lot of people aren't and my responsibility is to try to make things good for you in some capacity you know while not making people who have done well feel like i'm taking everything out of their pockets in order to make things better for you just being honest about it you know mitt romney's like a billionaire and he's like having to apologize for it in 2012 it's just so fucked up but whatever Either way. Like, isn't the goal to be successful? Shouldn't we be happy when people are successful as opposed to making them apologize for it? Well, God bless America. But I digress. You know, I mean, for me to play golf when I, you know, and I don't don't think I, maybe I swung a golf club in the 1980s and I was, you know, uh, I guess I was born in 76. So maybe. And if I did, I know where it was. It was like a gold painted thing that everybody used at Tower T. So I didn't play. And I'm not saying, look at me, look at what I've come up from. It's just, it wasn't what we were playing. I was playing my loved baseball, basketball, soccer. We'd play sandlot baseball. We'd play what we called fuzzball, which was a cork ball bat and a tennis ball in the schoolyard at St. Gabriel. And we would play, you know, football at Francis Park. That's what we did. It's not like we're like, man, this sucks that we can't play golf. We didn't even know about it, you know, not because we, we it just wasn't on the radar, you know, like my, my understanding is they play polo matches at St. Louis Country Club. I'm not going, fuck, I got to get into that. It's just not something I'm exposed to,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: so yeah. I don't think anything of it. So I remember playing at Ruth Park for the first time after being at Tower T and going, oh, shit, you got to like. You know, every hole at Tower T is like 100-something, you know, yeah. 100. I mean, maybe like the monster is 130, yep. you know. Downhill. So now, 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 Ruth Park, which is something we kind of joke about on the show, is because they'll put you, you know, you're like, all right, we're going to play in our foursome. All of a sudden, hey, I'm playing with you guys. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what the fuck is this? Oh, it's a fivesome, the Ruth Park fivesome. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: But for us, in the early 1990s, when I'm like 16 years old, That was real golf, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure some people are laughing at as they hear But I'm just telling you my background. And again, it's not to say, look what I came up from, because I grew up A-OK, totally fine. I mean, obviously, I'm fucked in the head, but that's nobody's fault but my own. Mm -hmm. So that's what I grew up with. So I I didn't, and, you know, I'm I'm already in high school at that time, and there are guys in the golf team. And I'm like, man, these guys, you know, you know, these guys are, you know, but they grew up with the game. And that's not their fault, and it's not my fault. I didn't, but that's everybody plays basketball. Everybody plays baseball. Mm-hmm. I think everybody plays soccer, so that's a different situation. Yeah. And then I got into it. But I remember in college, I barely ever played. And I remember guys were going to go play, and I go, I don't want to play. And I don't know when I got into it. So, I mean, now we're talking about and I, I remember my girlfriend's dad in Little Rock. So now we're at 23 years old was like, hey, you want to play? Because they lived on a a country club in Little Rock. Um, He's like, hey, you want to play? And I'm like, oh, I don't really play. And I get just, like, he's just, like, super disappointed. I'm like, yeah, I don't really play. I have no interest in playing either. Um, So I don't know when I got into it. I have no idea. But it had to be when I was in my mid to late 20s. And then I joined junior membership, not super expensive, but hate if you want, Norwood Hills Country Club in 2004. So I was into it then. I got into it then, but it was, you know, it was, you know, I'm 27ish, 26, 27. And it was I, I really got into it. And then I stopped right in 2004 because I started playing poker. And that was it. So that's as much golf I played up until picking up the game, really truly picking it up in 2016. And I say that Because it bothers me, not because I didn't have opportunity or any of that stuff, none of that stuff, none of the socioeconomic bullshit that comes with it. It's because I think I'm decent at it for not really playing, and I hate the fact that I didn't play, because I think I could be decent, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? This is going to come on. I hate telling the story. I told my wife, and she's like, well, that's really kind of a shot. And And then on top of it, she didn't believe it. But I'm going to say it, Jackson, and I might even ask you to edit it out afterwards because I know it's going to come off the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do it. This is a bold moment in podcast history just because it's like inviting hatred, which <laughs> I just try to just do these things and then get done with it and then go hang out with my family. Yeah. So I'm consciously – it's like why I don't tweet. It's like I, you know, it would be probably good for me financially if I did, but I just don't want to deal with the bullshit, so I just don't. So, I, I, so the, the, the place where I'm playing while well, I'm down in Jupiter – Um, is a place where, like, I saw um, there. It's a place the Cardinals have a relationship with, and um, and Dan McLaughlin and I played there together. Me and Raby play, I think it was me, Raby, and McLaughlin actually last year played there. Uh, the head pro is a Cardinal fan, not from uh, not from St. Louis, but from Tennessee, and you know, the Cardinal fan base can be all over the place, yeah. And uh, it turns out he played the Monday qualifier with Wellington when, the, when Wellington played the Monday qualifier for the Honda Classic. So he's a legitimately good player. And he would have, he got to the, this wasn't the Wellington year, but he made it to sudden death for the four spots in a Monday qualifier for the Honda years ago. I mean, this is because Jimmy Walker won the PGA in, I think, 2013 with Jimmy Walker, and they went to a sudden death hole he pars it. Walker rolls in a birdie and Walker makes the spot. Walker's on the PGA Tour even now, even though he hasn't played well in years. And it's just that's the way that these guys live. When I was playing with Nagel, he's like, the difference between the golfers who are the top 100 in the world and then 100 and 1,000 are there's a huge difference between the top 100 and 1,000, but there's not much of a difference at all between 101 and 1,000. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's kind of like on that day. Were you on? Basically, on that day was your putter on because they're all going to be on in regulation about the same amount. And distance is the thing that can change the whole world if somebody's hitting a wedge in versus a you know six iron. But you know, and so we were bullshitting about that, and he's just like, yeah, you know, I mean, it, so he's he's still a good quality player. You don't lose that. And so I've wor- I've been working with him on especially my short game. And so since he knows McLaughlin. We go out. Well, actually, it was a rainy day, and so he had me inside on the simulator. And he goes, he's showing me videos. I don't really know what to say. He goes, I guess you could hinge when you're at the top. He goes, but I really don't have anything to change with your swing. And he goes, I don't know what's going on. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, you just have a really good swing, and you say you're a six handicap? And I said, Yeah. And he goes, okay. He goes. I, I said, I said, dude, it's not. It's not necessarily that stuff. I said, my short game is so horrible. I said, it'll blow your mind. The fact that I got down to a four handicap with the short game that I have is a mathematical phenomenon because it just. It's it's terrible. I mean, it's terrible. Jackson, I assure you, if you and I had a chip off, not that I'm in some other world and you're in another world, mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my mind you beat me. And especially when you're chipping off Bermuda as you know from living yeah, in, in the Gulf, it's a different deal than yeah. than what we have in St. Louis, but whatever. Still you can learn it. And then we get out there and then he's he had me alter one thing and now I'm chipping and everything's within not everything, but ninety percent of the balls are within five feet of the cup and you know, at that point you're certainly got a you know, probably seventy five percent chance of getting up and down if you're doing that. And he goes, okay. He goes, I've been around. He goes, I know what's going on. And I go, what? And he goes, he goes. my guess is you're like a plus three or four, and you and McLaughlin got together and said, let's get lessons, and we'll fuck with them, and we'll video it. And and he goes, I, there's, he goes, you're, he goes you're just fucking with me. And he goes, I've been around, and it's funny. And he goes, I get it. But I go, dude. <laughs> I, go, <laughs> I go, honestly, I'm partially complimented, because you think that my swing is that good, and I don't all, I said, that's, that's, that's lovely. But it also is kind of insulting, because the truth is, I really am a six, and it's really frustrating if you truly think I'm a plus as far as my swing mechanics, and I'm that shitty as far yeah. as when I get out on the golf course, <laughs> that I really am, as of this morning, by the way, because I posted a score yesterday that was an 89, uh, a 6.8 handicap. And he goes... He goes, he goes, uh, he goes, you're hustling. And I go, oh, dude, I'm telling you, I'm not, I, when I go out on the golf course, I'm not playing with anybody. You're playing for money down here. I'm out here with my three year old. I'm not playing with anybody. I'm trying to get better because I think I probably could be better, but I just know I don't really score that well. And he goes, he goes, he goes, there's no way. So, I, as I said, I think at the beginning of the podcast, I had the guys, uh, some of the guys from Munganass down, and we played on uh, Friday, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And we get done, and I and I had said to him, I said, yeah, this pro here, he's a great guy. He's really is like he's a plus human being. I go, but he gives me shit. And there was a there was a member member event, and I think one of the reasons why he didn't want me to play is because he's worried that I'm sandbagging. Yeah, that he's gonna get called a sandbagger. <laughs> yeah, and he's gonna have that. I, I mean, it, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not an official full member or anything like that. I want to make that clear. It's just where I'm playing while I'm living down here. Um, so there's that. So it's not like I'm a full member, but. But he, I think he thinks deep down he's like I can't have you playing in this thing. He goes as a six because that's. I, but I'm, I'm like I really am. I do the last thing you want attached to you in golf is being a cheater. The absolute last yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. Sandbag or even a vanity handicap, which is somebody who's carrying a handicap. Yeah. You know, like that they say that they're a three, but they're really like an eight. That kind of shit. You Poor. just don't. Want, you just want it, to, it. Is what it is, and whatever it is, it is. You know.
1: Yeah.
2: So we get done playing, and they were kind of laughing about the fact that I'm like, and here you guys saw it. I just, I just shot an 85. I mean, you know, that's that's within the realm of being a six to seven handicap. We get done, and he's pulling in, you know, he's pulling into where we are, and he goes, What'd you shoot? And I go, 85. He goes, Bullshit. And I, go, <laughs> I go, I'm telling. And then one of the guys, uh, Clayton actually from Munker, goes, because I can vouch for it, he shot an 85. I'm like, Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I I, I keep telling him, I said, the thing that I'm really leaving it out there with is putting, and putting on Bermuda, which is actually something when you're building DraftKings teams, you got to know what the grass is and who excels on Bermuda and who excels on Poan or Bent, whatever. It matters. Yeah. And if you're used to putting on Bermuda, it's a totally different thing. I, like, explain to people, hey, look at the cup and see what, where it's ragged because that's the way that the green is moving. And you got if you're putting into the green, you got to put something more on If you're putting with the green, you got to take something off it. We don't deal with that in St. Louis. <laughs> I don't know how to read the fucking greens. I'm guessing. I'm three-jacking. I'm never one-putting, even if I'm on a regulation. So that's really the core, core issue. So in a way, it's a compliment. But I'm telling the story more from it's kind of sad that he's like, I really can't do much more with what you got, and you should be much better than you are, but clearly when you go out on the golf course, you fuck it up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So then taking, taking it back to Ryan's question of you know why did it take you so long? I mean, the real reason is accessibility, but to have played Jackson, I would guess, I'll say on the high side, just for the sake of it, 10 rounds of golf, most of which were scrambles in between 2005 and two, in July of 2016. It, it truly does, it really does bother me. And it shouldn't bother me because, realistic, it's not like, well, if I would have done it, I'd be out there with, you know, the boys on the Honda this weekend. That's not what I'm saying. It's just like, I that you to waste all of your 30s, something that I clearly love now, and not do it at all during my 30s, and you don't get that back. You know, that bothers me. I mean, and again, bothers being a real relative term. Yeah. But it bothers me in this sense. Hopefully I'll properly explain it. It bothers me that my personality is such that I'm all in on one thing and then therefore I am all out on the other thing. So when I decided to start pursuing poker, which wound up being financially good, I then just flat out stopped playing golf. And it, it's not like It's not like when you're playing online poker, poker stars would go, "Do you play golf?" <laughs> you know, you could you could still do both.
0: Yeah, you can do both.
2: <laughs> but for some fucking reason, I just stopped doing it, yeah. and, and 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 I just look back on it and I go, now, I have no idea why I got again." I want to use this because I'm sure some of the guys I play with are going, "Okay, now you're talking like you're decent, and we beat the shit out of you by like 10 strokes." So I want to make this I want to make this clear. You know, I'm playing with guys who are way better than me, and I'm the liability. But relative to, like, a double-digit handicap, I guess I look okay. And relative to this pro down here, he's confused as to why I'm a 6. But if you don't play for an entire decade, and that decade is your 30s, and you really never picked up the game much before then, and now, you know, last year I shot even par, you know, there's something there, and it bothers me that I didn't do it. So I don't have a great answer as to why outside of it just wasn't part of my life. But I th- the gentleman who asked me, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's a South Side guy too. So he's coming from the same – and it just wasn't part of our thing. And then you'd go to Tower T. And the thing about Tower T was it's a hell of a lot different golf experience yeah.
1: <laughs> than
2: <laughs> and even Ruth Park. Yeah, I mean – and it's not about it's not it's got nothing to do with wealth cuz yeah. there are i mean you know take i mean there's some incredible public courses and not yeah. even like as, as high tier as is gateway which i think is considered one of the best or Ann briar which is an incredible That's golf experience you know yeah, those it's are not great that i mean like that. Norm, norm if normandy were a country club normandy's layout as far as a golf course goes is you know what i mean like it's the difficult. setup of the holes it's awesome it's challenge it's, it's yeah it's so good i mean 10 11 the green on 12 even though it's yeah. a little you know wedge the postage stamp green on 13 having to make sure you cut the ball on 14 cuz the fairway slopes so hard right to left the i mean the green on
0: 5 will fuck you up If you're gonna go to
2: five, what are we talking about? The downhill par three. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's a course that obviously, you know, there's there's not a lot of money going into it, at least as of the moment. My point being, it doesn't have to be. It's not Tower T or Old Warson. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a happy medium. Exactly. And for me, you know, and so what you had. When you were teeing off on Tower T, first off, I guess I was telling my wife about this. This again, this is another digression. What are we on? Hour eight of the podcast, I'm keeping you once again. Buck fifty. Buck fifty. Perfect. Um, see, this is dangerous because I don't have a meeting until uh, four o'clock Eastern, and it's only one forty-five. So I've got like, in my mind, I got two full hours to keep going. <laughs> so I'm gonna stop. We were talking about where to send our child for school, and then it got into these kinds of discussions on things. And uh, and then I then I was talking, about, and I was kind of drawing a parallel with one thing. And I said, you know, like, like in for me, when I got into St. Louis U. High, which I know, like, then it's like hashtag blessed, and that shit. For, for where we are now in our lives. But when I got in, in my neighborhood at my school at the time, which probably was a different time period, but it was like, oh, you fucking nerd. You're going all the nerds go, you fucking nerd. Oh, you're a sluizer. That was what it was. Now, I know that might sound really weird, but I'm just telling you that's what it was. And I think golf kind of had the same connotation for a portion of, of my peer group at the time. Cause when you would tee off at tower T on Higgy road, if you didn't get motherfucked in your backswing <laughs> by somebody yelling for fuck you, it was a, you ran good that day. Yep. That was just kind of part of the deal. This is, this is real. Now this is, you know, the late eighties, early nineties, whatever was going on. Just telling you that's the way. So it wasn't really like I mean, you know, it was topless golf, and you know, I mean, it was yeah, it was a different different experience. Oh, and I played at Triple Lakes. That's the place I would play too with my my dad and my uncle and uh, my buddy Dr. Jack Nierman. That's that's where we would play, and uh, in the Triple Lakes Club Pro, you probably see him pop up in the text inbox <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's where that's where I played growing up. So I never, so like my grandfather. Um, did play and he really was a good, good player. Um, and you know, um, and he would like to take me places and that was great. But as far as, so it's, it's, so it's, it's a topic. I hope I'm handling the topic well, because I'm trying to talk about the sport without it getting into socioeconomic things that I know people are hypersensitive about, you know, as I've talked about, like, I don't even like to say, you know, know, so you know exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah like I don't even like to like post stuff on my Facebook of like, you know, like yesterday, this great picture of me and my wife and my son at the Cardinal game. And it's like, oh, somebody's going to be pissed off that I'm at the Cardinal game. You know, it's, and it's so fucking dumb, but it's just a real thing. And I'm no sure outside. for most of you listening to this are going, really, somebody be pissed off you're at the Cardinal. I'm just telling you it's, yeah. it is. Oh, yeah. And since it involves my family, I don't want to bring them into it. They motherfuck me. Fine bring my wife my son into it now we got problems and i don't want that not to say like i'm gonna have them taken out but i'm just psychologically it's gonna bring me down and i don't want to i don't want that so that's why i don't mess with it same thing with twitter same thing with me hesitating to tell the story about uh the guy saying that my swing is quote unquote so good that he doesn't believe my handicap which again may or may not be a compliment depends on your perspective so i'm just trying to talk about the sport because i love the sport but here's the thing, knowing my personality, there is a chance that within a year or five years, I'm not playing at all and I'm on to something else. And it's just, it's, it, to me, it's fucking weird, but it's, it's how I am. And I just, I mean, you kind of just recognize, like my wife, my, when my, we were first together, I was all poker from 2008 through 2000, shit, really Black Friday, which was 2011, but I still would play sporadically and I didn't touch a golf club. Ever, I remember Edmonds inviting me to play with him in a golf tournament in Edwardsville in Isringhausen was going to be in our forest. I'm like, oh, that'll be fun. I don't play. There's a picture of us at this charity event, and I look like, I mean, I look like like I did when I was playing at Tower T. Hmm. Just like a complete (laughs) shitbag, you know. Yeah. And and I'm playing with a guy, you know, and now and then Edmonds comes down here now and we play, and he goes, what in the hell happened? I go, I just picked the game up and I got into it, and he goes, this is. This is stupid. You're like good now, and it's not fun. I'm not uh, good, you know. It's just probably a little emasculating for me to be hitting the ball past you because I realize you, you know, Hall of Fame career, and pro I'm, ball player. Yeah, I'm, you know, whatever the fuck it is that I got going. But whatever it is, it isn't great. So I don't know, Jackson. I don't have the answer. I'm sure this probably just because it's coming out of my mouth will go out, Will come somehow. What did I say that people will not like? Let's let's dig into that. Ooh. What did I say? Let's let's try to let's try to manage the game. What did I say, that um, that people will not like? Because I, th- I tried to answer it from the sports perspective. I'm certainly not answering it from a bragging perspective. I didn't have it. I didn't have it.
0: Uh, the pro saying that you should be a plus three or four. That,
2: that that's that's what's gonna go.
0: That won't play. I mean, I think I if someone with some rationale will realize that it's an interesting story and that it actually is more of a a shot than it is a compliment.
2: Yeah, he truly thought, he thought that me and Dan McLaughlin, because he knows McLaughlin well, were like pulling a joke on him and to say, you know, I'm a, you know, I really need lessons. My game is off. And then have him work with me when I'm like, you know, at that level. And he and he, goes, he goes, he goes, listen, he goes, I've been around for a while. He goes, I don't really need this. And I, go, I go, dude, I'm telling you. And I said, honestly, here's what I think's going on. I think you're playing me, and your whole thing as an instructor is to build people up so much that they have a certain ability to get them thinking to do things that they never thought were possible. And he goes, no, nope, that's not what's going on here. He goes, I think you're sandbagging. And I'm going, oh, my God. It's not. And then the thing is, anybody who's played with me recently will go, yeah, there's no question he's a six. He's fucking shooting, you know, 80s all the time. That's yeah. what I do. I know that the capability is there to go lower. I just, what what happens with me, and this is why I always talk about Iggy being a dangerous match play guy, Iggy will have like a nine on him, like two Yeah, the holes. blow up hole exactly that's what i do and i kind of already know in the course i'm playing what the holes are like last night when i was out with my son i parted i'm like oh shit if it's a shame i didn't it's a shame i got the sevens on one and two otherwise the fact that the blow up hole on eight uh didn't become a seven or eight today would have i could have had a nice round going but fuck i was six over par through two i knew we weren't gonna be making magic um so yeah i mean i don't know i, I love the game and here's the here's the biggest thing because uh uh, yeah, oh, fuck. a person i know who who um would would come off as a name drop if i said it and so it's not intended to be So i'm going to go there because i've already given people enough fuel uh goes what happened with you and poker And now you're all into golf and i go i don't know i just i just got i for whatever reason, i couldn't play it online and then you know once you're married and you have a kid to sit in front of your laptop and play 10 hours of poker if you if you run good that's just not you can't do it You know, and on top of it, it's kind of an isolating hobby, you know, you know, because you're sitting there and you're and then on top of it, you're probably going to get blown up even if you do the right things. You can get it in with pocket aces. I'd lose to pocket tens and the 10 hours just were a waste. And that's not really great psychologically. And he goes, yeah, I think you've probably picked up the the better hobby now. And I would agree because now you're actually out there with people. And even if it's only my son, at least it's my son. I'm out there with my son. It's the greatest thing in the world, much less socially with people. So I love it. And, I, and that's, what, that's what bothers me about the, uh, about the thing that I didn't play at all in my 30s, like for real, like less than 10 rounds. So, no, I don't know. I hope I answered the question. Long, long, long <laughs> answer to why did it take you so long to play golf? <laughs> Should we leave in the thing about the pro saying your swing, your plus three or four? Yeah, he actually said plus four. I've just bled the plus three to soften it.
0: I think it's a great story, and I think it should stay in there. If you people, just
2: want you just want to no. watch the you just want to watch, <laughs> watch the, the l- hell break loose.
0: No, if people are really going to be thinking like that, you're you you've prefaced it like three times, saying that this is not like a to something to brag about. It's more of a shot.
2: If he if I if he would have said like oh you could be a two, I'd be like okay I get that I could see that I could see I could actually see that but I'm not looking at my swing. It's not like I'm a bomber, you know? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything. But to me, it's, it'd almost be the equivalent of like, 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 let's say, okay, we're talking about two different things here clearly, but people right now are going, what the fuck's wrong with Ricky Fowler? Mm -hmm. And people are going, you know, if Ricky Fowler never wins a major, which is the way it's trending right now, I think a lot of people would go, man, that guy had everything and he didn't get it done, something must have been off. So that's how I view it. Not that I have, again, we're not comparing me and Ricky Fowler, but that's why it's, to me, more, and he wasn't, he was bullshitting, more underhanded than more of a compliment. It's like, you must be doing something really wrong when you get out on the golf course if you have a swing that should be, you know, producing better results. So if you look at Ricky Fowler... And in my podcast with Adam Long last year, he talked about how he, you know, was playing against him when he was a kid. And you would just be like, holy shit, this guy's in another world. And, you know, I think Adam has won more recently on the PGA Tour than Ricky has. Yeah, shit. Sure. You know? Yeah, And Adam, I think, would be the first one to tell you, you know, Adam's just kind of happy being, if he can hover around top 50 in the world, he's happy. Ricky's out of the top 50 for the first time in his career, first time in a long time, and everybody's going, oh, my God, this guy, he might be on his way out. It just depends on what your ability is. And so the, the tag you don't want is best player to have never won a major. Because then it's like, oh, he's a choker. You know, that's the issue. At least that, that that's how I take it, anyway. Best player to ever won a major is a guy who can't get it done, even though he's got all the ability in the world. So, you know, who's the best player to not win a major right now? Action Jackson? Is it actually Lee Westwood?
0: Either him or Finau.
2: Yeah, Finau. See, see that's the thing. Finau's got that going right now. And I th- I, I, am more bullish. I mean, not a, not a real bold statement, but I am certainly more bullish on Tony Finau winning a major than Ricky Fowler.
0: 100%. Not even a question.
2: Because I think... I think I think Fowler might have a thing when he's in the lead. Yeah, you know, and it's I, a certain type of course. Remember when he won course. the Honda in 17, and there was a bunch of shit with golf media about Johnny Miller kept talking about, well, you know, Ricky with the lead, he just throughout the day basically saying it. Yeah, it's like you can't say the word yips, you can't say the word choker,
0: perfect game.
2: Yeah, you know, and he's and that was kind of like being implied throughout the whole thing. So it's like, yeah, I've kind of noticed like when Fowler, was it when Reed won the Masters, Fowler was like charging from behind. It, it, in other words, if he's going to win a major, he's going to have to do it in that fashion. As yeah, kind of linger
0: around and then, and then men, on yeah, Sunday exactly. make a push.
2: That's the thing. That which is a different way to win. Mm-hmm. Different you know than like I mean? how Tiger did it for years, where he would yes. have the lead by Thursday and hold it. Absolutely, it's a different thing. I think DJ kind of had that with him until he won at Augusta, even though he had yeah. won. Yeah, you know? he showed that
0: big time in 2015 at the
2: U.S. Open. Right, the bounce back. Yeah. Um. Or wait, or 2015? Well, that's well, that, that was, was Chambers, Chambers Bay. Bay. But then he speak. won in 2016, right? Exactly. Yeah. With yeah. the Pennsylvania course. Yeah. Is that Oakmont?
0: yep, Oakmont. Nurse?
2: yep Nurse? Oakmont. so so anyway, I don't know whatever people fucking I, I, I'm trying to be what I'm trying to do here is be honest. yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Here it is. Here's the reality. Do I think I have the ability to be a plus four? Absolutely not. I truly do not. I I, I, I think I, I just it's not even it's not even on my radar to be a plus four and anybody I've played with who is around a scratch or better would laugh at the idea of me even having the conversation seriously. They would laugh at it, as would I. Do I think I can get down to a two? Do I think I can get to a scratch, maybe? Yes, I do. But plus four, you are in another stratosphere in that, in that world. So let me make that clear. The point of telling the story, the point of telling the story is something I do when I'm out on the course is obviously fucking terrible. <laughs> and I have no idea what it is. That's the problem. I have no idea what it is. I don't know if it's in my head. I have no idea. But clearly which means I need to get Lee Westwood's fiancé on my bag, and then the next thing you know, Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be right in the green jacket, ready. <laughs> be, get up and They'll be fitting the, the 42 short <laughs> <laughs> green, green, green jacket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wasn't playing anywhere, now... Masters champion. Um, all right. I've got more, but my God, what have we done? We've done two hours, but we didn't do one last week, and I was loaded for bear. Plus, when I have the house to myself, it's on. It's I mean, time. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous for you. When we didn't do one last week, and I have the house to myself, um, the leaf blower settled down. <laughs> Somebody asks a golf question, and it gets me going. You have a golf question, and um, essentially, essentially, you know, whatever you want to call it. But the, the Chris Harrison... Have you watched the Chris Harrison 15-minute interview with Rachel Lindsay? I will do that. Uh, For real. I've not asked anybody to do it. Because it's, it's just... It's awful television. It's horrible. Yeah. But you'll watch it and you'll go, Oh my God, this guy's like career is over because of this? Holy shit. And then you'll be like... And so she was mad at him, but she was like laughing with him and agreeing with him throughout the interview. I just... I mean... Oh... Yeah, it gets those two things. Oh, that'll get me going. And then you got the guy writing in about the lesbianism thing, but I couldn't follow the damn story. Had I been able to follow the whole story, I would have been out of my mind, but I couldn't follow the story. All I know is there's a hen house and there's a third hen and we can't figure out who the third hen is at the hen house. Yep. Uh, yeah, so email in anytime you want. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Questions, comments, erotic stories. Action Jackson and I doing questions from the audience here on the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoneExpert.com studios on the InsideSTL podcast network.
1: Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right
0: motivation from world-class instructors,